0: Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity. So you might wanna fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop Culture Leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cockfistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest. If you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with- a heart condition, for if your name is Melvin, TFS 706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 312.
1: There's already like 7 million broadcasts, talking about pop culture and
2: it's all bad. It makes us happy like shooting at a warm brat, but it's all we've before. We don't want to be a copycat. cat. We're the leftovers
3: picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It's a
1: trap. Do we toss do we love it, heal it, make easy. It lets embrace the Tupperware parties of culture Spill over like a vulture carryover culture push over pop culture <laughs> so it's Uncool kids What's insane has already been said
0: Leftovers. Sword
3: of Omens come to my hand. I Lion commanded. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion on Thundercats, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder. Thunder. Thundercats.
2: Oh. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. <laughs> and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. I'm so sick of saying that shit every fucking week
3: yeah you made me break there a little bit i was
2: <laughs> just, just like oh okay, here we go again going through you know just going through the motions
3: <laughs> yeah it's a that that routine is getting getting cold we need to retire it yeah
2: <sighs> no we can't it, it's a little bit of uh i don't know man I, I i don't know if i can retire then i wouldn't know how to start it
3: you know what i mean <laughs> i wouldn't know. I, i'd be lost you know yeah yeah it's like the handlebar that you grab onto that make you, everything's gonna be okay? Everything's Hold gonna on. be
2: alright. In that moment, I'm like, uh, I'm Alex Trebek holding those answer cards. I'm like, I feel good, <laughs> you know, I feel good. Cause without those, he's a fucking idiot. I'm just kidding. I love you, Trebek. I love you. Beautiful man. Beautiful man. Anyway. I shouldn't be, oh, he can't say that right now cause he's, he's fighting, he's fighting cancer, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that he is, that he is. <laughs> so. Okay, and uh, off to a great start this week. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was like, "Man, Brian's taking hot shots I, at Alex." Dermattis. No, I wow.
2: I love him, and oh my god, I I just I think he's a great person. I just I was just like, why why are we <laughs> why am I going after him right now? Why is that <laughs> happening? What's that? What's going on? Hey, we're not alone. We're not alone this week, Jake. Yeah, we got
3: someone else that might want to take pot shots at Alex Trebek. <laughs> it's
2: true. Hey, uh, welcome. Melissa Slowter from the uh, Wild Pretty Things podcast. How you doing?
4: I'm well. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, I have no ill will towards Alex Trebek. Just want to get that out on the table.
2: Uh, see? Uh, I see. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. And it just came off
3: like I did. <laughs> I, it really did. It came off like I was attacking the man. The field was open. No one else was doing it, man. It was a brave choice. Yeah, it was.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, so so jezzelnik of me, wasn't it?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see. I'm like, oh man, I can't even believe this is happening. Woo! Wow. Oh, my
2: audio's stupid. Hold on. All right, I think it's fixed. It's not. It's fucked up. Still, I don't give a shit. Whatever. What's going on? I don't know. The levels are fucking stupid right now. It's like uh, on the right side, it's louder than the left for me.
3: Everything sounds like it normally does on my end.
2: <laughs> this is well. This is a fun, bad. fun <laughs> conversation that we're having. Let's go back to Trebek, huh? I don't
3: know. <laughs> oh, that fucking loser. Oh man,
2: you know, <laughs> I uh, I've been watching. I've been going back. Get, been going back, getting on Hulu, getting on Hulu, and I and I've been I've been watching an episode. Not not for long now, but just an episode of Family Matters every day. No, that's fun. Doing like a family I don't watch matter that forever. Oh, me either. It's been a long time since I watched Family Matters, and it's interesting because like you don't get introduced to Steve Urkel until the fourth episode, and it was really just kind of like a like a quick like uh, scene that he had in that fourth episode. Before that, the first three episodes just Winslows, one hundred percent Winslows. Jake, I mean, well. get to see the family, just the Winslows, man. No Urkel, just the Winslow. So I'm getting it's, – it's weird. It's weird watching the Winslows, like, interact with one another without a Steve Urkel around, fucking shit up in their house, you know, like dri- <laughs> like driving cars through their fucking living room and, you know, turning on shrink rays and all this other bullshit, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, by season two, it pretty much becomes the Steve
2: Urkel. <laughs> oh, 100%. Did you, I was watching the pilot. Okay, do you remember – they had the kids, right? They had Eddie and they had Laura and then they had that little girl, Judy. Remember Judy? Mm-hmm. All right, Judy. So Judy, as you know, uh, did you, d- like in a later season, that kid just disappears. Did you know that? She never comes back. Like they never even address her. She's just like, she's, a, she's one of their children and she just disappears and never comes back
3: unsolved mysteries there that's that's scary
2: yeah like they ought to have like a like a like a netflix special like a like what happened to judy winslow and turn it into like one of these fucking like crime scene fucking i I love it yeah but i was the dark truth (laughs) yeah the dark truth what happened to judy winslow here's the thing and uh i was watching the very the pilot episode and the girl that they had for judy winslow was not the actor that they had throughout the series the actor they had throughout the series jamie foxworth was not the original judy now hold on hold on a second so you're telling me this character was so shitty they got rid of her later on but there was somebody even shittier than the actor that portrayed her for multiple seasons that was in the pilot that they fucking got rid of
3: yeah that's wild That pretty expendable character so
4: Or, additional theory, it's a cursed role, and both of the girls who have ever played her are disappeared. It's not the character that disappeared. It's the actors.
2: Maybe the original Judy Winslow came back and took her. She's like a fucking, like, like a poltergeist or some shit. (laughs)
3: It's like some us shit
1: some yeah.
2: yeah oh my god <laughs> when they oh i want to see somebody do a parody of the winslows where like another winslow family is like waiting out in front of the house
3: <laughs> <laughs> it could just be the sievers
2: yeah and it's like <laughs> oh my gosh and then the, there is like a doppelganger of urkel
3: oh
2: no <laughs> i guess there was on the show it was uh Stefan Urkel. Remember that? There
3: was like a reverse Flash Urkel.
2: Remember? No, he had like this fucking booth that he went into. We're going to get to the advertised content, people. This is stupid and I know. You know what? First off, I'm just going to be – you're lucky. It's the holiday season. You're lucky to be getting an episode. So whatever we're talking about right now, you're just – you're damn lucky to be hearing it at all. Because a lot of podcasts yeah, are gonna, I like this. I,
3: like, I, I co-sign this
1: 100%.
2: A lot of podcasts are just going to be putting fucking their episodes on hold or giving you bullshit episodes. Like, we're giving you a full goddamn episode, all right? So don't right. piss and moan right. about this shit. If I want to talk about fucking Family Matters for 15 fucking minutes, you're going to have to deal with this shit. Or if we're going <laughs> to lambast fucking Alex Trebek all right <laughs> uh, quit,
3: quit burying the lead what's going on with urkel in this booth
2: oh this booth
3: like <laughs> urkel like creates
2: this thing like where he like he walks inside this booth and when he comes out he's not the nerdy steve urkel he's stefan <laughs> he's stefan urkel
3: i do remember this in the back of my head <laughs> yeah. now
2: yeah man and fucking like <laughs> laura had the hots for him and shit one time laura went into it and she came out just like steve urkel Dude, that was a.
3: I I think I remember
2: that. That was good. Dude, it was good. Whoever whoever the actor is that played fucking Laura, she sounded just like fucking Steve Urkel. Just like Jaleel White. It was insane. She did a
3: fantastic job. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Jaleel White was the original voice of. Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: Hedgehog. Oh, he was the voice of two Sonic the Hedgehogs on two different Sonic the Hedgehog series. (laughs) (laughs) Take that to the goddamn bank. Hey, you know. It, here's the thing. Do you remember? Do you remember when Steve Urkel, when he had they did the Halloween episodes, and uh, mm-hmm. they had the evil Steve uh, ventriloquist dummy? It was a Steve Urkel dummy that was going around <laughs> yeah, trying to I Myrtle. Do, Car- I do remember the, the name of the dummy was Steve, was Stevel? He was evil Steve.
3: <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, <man. laughs> How many seasons did that show go? I think it went nine. You can watch. Wow. Yeah. TGIF was a phenomenon.
2: Well, the fucked up thing is like it started off on uh, TGIF. And then like, I think the last season, last two seasons, it was on a completely different network.
3: Wow. Yeah. Mhm. They drove that shit into the ground. Yeah, they
2: did. Remember Waldo Faldo, their neighbor or Eddie's friend? <laughs> it was Eddie's friend, Waldo Faldo, that big fucking idiot.
3: I can't keep up with how current you are in Family Matters (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh man I'm I'm just through like episode 5 of the first season but I'm gonna do like a whole I'm doing like I'm trying to do like an episode a day a Family family Matters
4: (laughs) oh this Family Matters update is not just this episode
2: (laughs) oh man oh yeah oh no I don't know if I'm gonna be getting into it every fucking week (laughs) I probably should I probably should Take everybody on our adventures here with Family Matters. Like, fucking, like I don't know. They like the, I don't know. They had, like, uh, so many different characters on that show. Like, too many, almost. Fucking, yeah, it was,
3: like, almost the, like, weekly thing where they just introduced whatever new character and that was the plot and yeah. you never see him again.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fucking uh, Waldo Faldo. Uh, Aunt Rachel. And the, <laughs> there was a whole, the first episode, the whole episode's about their grandmother coming to live with them. That was, uh, Eddie, yeah, I don't know. Do you remember Eddie? Eddie was the voice of jazz in the, in the Michael Bay Transformers movie. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. No, Hey, no iTunes reviews this week. Thanks everybody. Tis the season.
1: Thanks oh man,
3: it. that's bullshit. That's my favorite. That's the only reason I did the episode.
2: <laughs> I know, it's fucked up, man. Nobody, nobody left us an iTunes review. Actually, we lost one. I don't even know who it was. <laughs> One went, one went away. I don't even know where it went. It's
3: crazy. Oh, it went into the Steve Urkel box and became cool.
2: Christmas, all I want. All, <laughs> all I want, yeah, it went into that box. Oh, my God. Stefan. Oh, man. <laughs> he was making Laura fucking wet. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that.
3: And she would get mad when the whole thing would wear off. Like, yeah.
2: But it was awesome when, it she, in the box. when she went in the box and came out as, like, the female Steve Urkel, she was sexually harassing uh, Stefan. <laughs> it was a different time. It was a different time. The 90s.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah.
4: I'm surprised to learn that the plot line of Steve Urkel becoming cool wasn't ultimately to learn that, like, nerds can be cool, too. <laughs> I feel like if this happened on a sitcom today, that would be the moral of that
3: episode. <laughs> no, the plot in this is pure, nerds cannot be cool. <laughs> Never. And you need magic boxes yeah. to turn you into a cool person.
4: Not on your best day, Steve.
2: Hold on. At the end of the day, though, in the final season, <laughs> he finally fucking gets with Laura. They get married. Wow. S- spoilers. Sorry. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And then, he, what? I, <laughs> this and then he goes. And then he goes. Then he goes to space. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I'm not. I can't make this up.
3: Is it like why they send the Hulk to space in the comic books? Because he's such a menace.
2: I think so. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Planet Urkel. All right. Okay, we haven't been doing this in a while. The whole uh, Michael Cannon mashup thing. I got one though. I felt bad for michael i didn 't know if he liked us doing these, and i I, I kind of like pumped the brake on it for a while but uh michael cannon's one of our listeners and he 's an artist out of Hawaii and you can follow him on Instagram at art till dawn a r t i l d a w n and we give Michael two things in pop culture and have him mash it up. He draws the picture and then we post it on our Twitter and on our facebook and uh, this week i 've got one. It's uh, Bill Paxton's character of the older brother from Weird Science. Chet meets the Mandalorian in Boba Chet.
3: <laughs> Very good. I can't wait to see that one, Boba Chet.
2: Yeah, Melissa, you watching the Mandalorian? Is that a thing you're doing?
4: I am. Yes, it are, is.
2: Are you are you are you a Star Wars person, or are you or are you just kind of like into this Mandalorian?
4: Well, I was just telling you, Like earlier, um, episode nine is going to be the first Star Wars I ever see in the theater. And I have my tickets for next Friday and I'm so excited. So I'm working my way up to becoming like a bona fide Star Wars fan. And yeah, so I'm seeing one in the theater and I'm watching The Mandalorian. So I don't know if I've made it yet, but I'm working on it.
2: Nice. Well, yeah. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the Star Wars family, I guess. I Thanks. don't know how else. Never, to, <laughs> I hope no.
4: nobody yells at me. I feel like you guys might be mean over there. No,
3: no. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no. We
4: you guys, but you know what I mean.
3: <laughs> We're going to need all the members we can get if this episode 19 goes like it's looking.
2: Jake, are you, are you, are you hearing the complaints? Are you hearing the complaints about the Mandalorian?
4: How could you ever complain about Baby Yoda?
2: Oh god oh they're out there. Rain Wilson Rain Wilson today posted Fuck Baby Yoda. I saw oh,
3: fuck so. Rain <laughs>
2: Wilson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who do you think you
3: are, sir?
2: Are you hearing the complaints, Jake?
3: Um, I mean, I, I, here and there, there's not a very loud voice that I'm seeing complaining about it.
2: I, 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 are you hearing like uh, the last few episodes just been just been filler episodes? Basically, just been the just been the white cream <laughs> filling in between the Oreo.
3: Oh yeah, well, you're always going to get that. I mean, even from the beginning, uh, the episodes were too slow, but the episodes were too short. <laughs> right. <and> I I, <laughs> I I just can't get into any of it. I really haven't heard any valid. Criticism of the show? yet well,
2: I just like the, like the the whole. Uh, and I've seen this on Reddit. Like you know the the episodes are filler, and I'm like I'm not I I don't I don't agree. I don't I like even the episode with Cara Dune where you know they're on that planet and it's you know and uh, they're trying to liberate that uh, that that village and everything. And I'm I don't feel like it was a filler episode at all because it was like it's it, answer, it answered that whole question of like well if he's got the entire bounty hunters guild after him just go to a planet where like nobody's inhabit like nobody's going to find him and they can just live there and uh that he, he did he tried to get away and it didn't work and by the, ep- the end of the episode we find out that he's on the run you know it's like i, I think that they kind of you can say it's a filler, but I think it was kind of like a necessary step that they had to take in the series, showing that you can run, but you can't hide. He's always going to be chased down. Uh,
3: That's a great point, Brian. I mean, it, it kind of boils down to even like, what is filler? Like, it, it's there's not really a hard line there. And I think that episode also really establishes how the Mandalorian feels about baby yoda Mm -hmm. and what he wants for baby yoda and kind of the slow build towards whatever the grand resolution to that is well yeah and i think big payoffs work better with these you know quote unquote filler episodes just kind of slowly building characters and character relationships before you you actually have big payoff moments so i don't i don't know i'm even if these are filler episodes, I still think they've really packed a lot of character and a lot of emotion that will carry through into future episodes in them.
2: Yeah, I agree. I just – I yeah. And especially, yeah, you're talking about, like, the how he feels about Baby Yoda. And you see that. Like, he sees Baby Yoda interacting with other children and – and, and kind of like a family community dynamic, and he wants that for Baby Yoda. But on the flip side, now we're seeing that he's a fucking bounty hunter, and he really can't give that to
3: Baby Yoda. And, exactly. And I thought yeah. that that episode specifically really established that kind of stuff. Yeah.
2: Ah, I'm, I'm I'm loving the show. I'm in love with it. I think it's I think it's really good. I think it's really great Star Wars. Oh man, did you hear about the secret Star Wars show? They're we're going to talk about that later.
3: Yeah, I I did see news about that. I don't really know much about it other than it's happening. Yeah. Whoa. Marvel people are involved. Whoa. Is that you? That's not me. Someone's coming
4: to get me. Oh,
3: no. (laughs)
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Ah.
3: Me me and Brian will pool in for bail money.
4: Oh, thank you, guys. I knew I could count on you.
3: I don't know. I don't know anymore.
2: People just pissing and moaning about everything these days Jake I just don't know
3: oh definitely definitely I I think this episode 9 thing is really going to blow up Star Wars fandom I mean it's just the most social media we've ever had for a conclusion episode of Star Wars I Mm -hmm. mean we didn't have this kind of presence for Return of the Jedi we just barely were beginning to have this kind of presence when um, Revenge of the Sith came out but now it's just going to be full-blown pandemonium so wow if you don't plan on seeing Star Wars right away stay the f off social media cuz it's <laughs> yeah. going to be a dumpster fire
2: oh my god people are going to be spoiling the shit out of it yeah absolutely yeah i think you got to see it that first night or that first weekend at least
3: yeah thursday or friday i would yeah. i would say or just know that you have to stay off social media the memes will be coming the complaints will be coming it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be intense.
2: I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it twice on, uh, opening night. I'm seeing it again on Friday and then I got tickets to see it on su- uh, Saturday. So I'm seeing it four times that fucking weekend. So
3: yeah, that's crazy. i am just <clears throat> be seeing it the, the two times with you on opening night because yeah. of work permitting, but whew, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. I I'm excited to, to see it and kind of excited to see what the, uh, Nuclear fallout aftermath is like. Do you, are yeah. you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
4: Oh, I was just gonna ask. Like, there's no possible way that everyone's gonna like this movie, right? Like, oh, no, this no. is not gonna be
2: universally <laughs> loved. I feel
4: like all. with um, the the only thing I can even come close to like comparing it to would be like Endgame, and I feel like people either really really loved it or it was fine. They weren't, you know, they didn't really care that much about it that's too much to hope for for this star wars conclusion this is
2: going to be way more divisive than fucking (laughs) endgame you know what i
3: mean i agree endgame doesn't really have a loud vocal group of haters that i think this movie is going to have
2: yeah yeah oh this is going to have a ton of haters people that still hate the ryan johnson stuff or people that just hate all this new star wars stuff in general so yeah
3: Yeah. yeah and and it's being billed as a not only a conclusion to new star wars but as a conclusion to old star wars so when put on that pedestal people are really going to lose their fucking brains do you think that this
2: whole this whole like uh we've got the mandalorian the next episode coming out in december 18th do you think it's because something in that episode ties in with episode nine or do you just think they're having it they don't want the fucking episode to compete with their fucking movie that's what i was thinking
3: I think it's more B. I, I agree with you. It's more to just move it out of the way and not have it interfere with people seeing Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, they want yeah. people
2: to wake up on fucking, you know, Friday or whatever and not feel like they have to, you know, think about, oh, do I have to go see The Mandalorian? Do I have to watch The Mandalorian or do I have to, you know, just release it the day before? On yeah, that, and on if that, that was Wednesday.
3: the reason, I, I think they were proven that that was a good reason, which just the popularity and the reception of the show they've gotten so far. Yeah. Cause we know they made that decision before they even aired the first episode. And I, I think it's panned out to be the proper decision. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. Oh man.
4: If it was going to tie in, are there any like theories about what that could be?
3: <laughs> Baby Yoda. He's coming. He's coming to new star Wars,
4: but people would not like that. Right.
3: <laughs> oh, oh my God. I think the <laughs> fandom would revolt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. The yeah, Star Wars Civil War.
2: I don't think. I don't think we're gonna see Baby Yoda in Episode Nine at all. No, I, I, I was
3: just <laughs> trying to be as as possible.
2: I think, like, if anything were to tie in at all, it's gonna be um, uh, they're gonna try to tie in a connection with him and Anakin, but I, I that like that's like n- not gonna happen. Okay. Yeah, because like there's this whole thing about you know them being born around the same time, which. I don't think that makes any difference at all. Like that they're born. <laughs> they were
3: swapped at birth. I mean Ezra's
2: Ezra's <laughs> Ezra's around the same age as Luke and Leia within a couple years.
3: So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They I don't went know. they went to the same boarding school, I heard.
2: Yeah. So
3: um <laughs>
2: What do we got? Let's just jump into Good Pop, Bad Pop I don't even fucking care <laughs> Alright, time for Good Pop, Bad Pop
3: It's time for more leftover reviews With Good Pop, Bad Pop Good Pop, Bad
2: Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous weekend Or weeks that we either watched or read Sometimes we rate these things And if this is your first time listening We'd like you to be familiar with our rating system
0: The rating system is simple If the leftovers don't like something They toss it if they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And, if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
2: If I sound distracted, it's because he he's on the table, my cat, and he likes to rub his fucking head up against the mic, don't ya? So I'm trying, I'm trying, it's it's a constant battle between his head and the mic. Um, I, uh, uh watched the uh Doctor Stone season 1 finale yesterday. I usually watch my anime on Sundays. I could not wait. This got released yesterday and I could not wait to watch. This was episode 24 of Doctor Stone. Um and uh I'll be honest with you, it was uh it was I thought it was a great episode, but I, I can see it's going to leave a lot of people unsatisfied because they're really not building up to um, this battle that they're kind of, uh, this imminent battle that's going to be happening in the series, they really didn't uh, kind of, uh, uh, they didn't start the battle. I'll say that much. And uh, it was, I, I just thought it was a very sweet episode. Um, and uh, I, I loved this season. I'm going to Tupperware. I, I think uh, Dr. Stone has just been fantastic. I've, I've fallen I in, have in, fallen in love with this anime. I think it's great. So.
3: Yeah, I watched about a half dozen episodes of this, and it, it is pretty fantastic. Just gorgeous animation for a modern anime. Yeah. So just a real low-key finale, huh?
2: Yeah, it, it was, but it was emotional. I thought it was really emotional. I loved it. I, 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 I kind of loved it. Um, you get to find out a lot about Sen, uh, Senku in this one. Sorry, i got to get him off the table. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you find out a lot about the main character in this one and his family and things like that, and I just thought it was uh, incredible and Emotional, So I loved it, and I can wait, because at the end of the episode, it said season two confirmed. And so I am thrilled that we're going to be getting a second season that's actually going to be going into the battle uh, for, uh, they're, they're, I guess they're calling it the Stone Wars. So uh, looking forward to that. I saw the trailer. I did not even know that this was a series coming to TV. Um, it's coming to the Epic Service it's the War of the uh, War of the Worlds series is coming to Epics in February. Have you guys heard about this at all? No, like, not at all. The
4: same as the movie.
2: It's based off of like you know uh, uh, the uh, the was it Jake was it originally a book or was it originally the um, the radio broadcast.
3: Oh man, I'm not a hundred percent on that. I always thought it was originally the radio broadcast.
2: Yeah, I, we don't know, but it, uh, so it, yeah, it's based off. I mean, there's been multiple movies this, uh, um, uh, throughout the years, but this is uh, this is a series, I guess, based on that, and um, it's coming to Epics in February. So I was after Godfather of Harlem ended, I was like other than movies what other series can i watch on epics now have they started anything new they don't have anything ready now but we're getting more of the worlds And it i didn't get to see a lot but the trailer it looks pretty good so i'm looking forward to it so uh,
3: that's, that's I'll a be surprising watching. choice um for epics in my opinion to go with like a big sci-fi epic like that like i, I wouldn't think they would want to dump a ton of money into something like that
2: oh, man i'm telling you they i i don't they have not put out a bad series, in my opinion. <laughs> the, everything that I've seen has just been so good, so I'm really looking forward to this to see what they can do. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I mean, it, just because it's low-budget doesn't mean it, it, it can't be very good. But, I, yeah, I just would have thought they would have kept with stuff that, you know, just wouldn't have very many special effects they would have to do on post. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um let's see uh i saw honey boy they, they played it here for one week around me melissa did you see honey boy
4: yes i have been gushing over it everywhere on the internet
2: yeah i saw I don't it. Know if you loved it <laughs> i did love it. it it hit a little too close okay. to home i i
1: yeah not,
2: um and i can't say i loved it i thought it was great i think shia labeouf is just fucking phenomenal in the movie this is a a movie basically where he adapts his childhood um as a child star and his relationship with his father on the on the big screen and um uh if you've had if you've had a rough childhood and had a had a parent that you know you had problems with growing up i don't know if this is it's not cathartic i'll tell you that much it didn't (laughs) like i i didn't leave the theater like feeling good um it's, uh, it's, it makes you think about stuff. It makes you think about, makes you think about your past. I mean, it, it really hit me pretty fucking hard. Um, there's a, there's a scene where he's, uh, he's dealing with, uh, he's dealing with, uh, like, um, and I remember the, when this was coming out in the news where he was getting like arrested. Do you remember when he got in the car wreck with the girl and stuff like that? Jake, do you remember all that? Shia LaBeouf? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And it goes, it, it doesn't really dive into that stuff, but it it basically shows you the different things that, you know, like him getting into altercations with the police and things like that. And I remember when this stuff was going on and then it gets into him like going into um uh, rehab and, and stuff and, and um it's. It's pretty powerful, man. It it, it, it comes from a, a real place in his life, and it's just, I think it's I think it's a tremendous movie. I just, it's for me, it just hits so hard. Like I remember, um, there's a scene in the, that really hit me because I remember doing stuff like this. There's a scene where they're, he's at rehab and he's in a he's in a pool, and Melissa, you remember this where they had to hug mm-hmm. hug themselves, you know, I. When I was, uh, and I, I open up about myself every once in a while on the podcast. A lot of people say it helps. Um, you know, I've opened up about my, you know, attempt at suicide before, but like, it just didn't, it's not like I just, that happened out of the blue. Like, this was years and years and years and years of verbal and mental abuse that I went through as a child, being told I'll never amount to anything, being told I hate you, being told I wish you were never born. These are stuff that I heard on a daily and weekly basis when I was growing up. And it, and a lot of like my sarcasm and my sense of humor came through that because you gotta find a way to cope, um, and to deal with it. So a lot of that was formed in when I was growing up. But there's a scene in this when he's in a pool, and they're in a group and they're all told to hug themselves. And like it brought me back. Like I'm like not in the movie at this time. It brought me back to a moment where After, um, my first suicide attempt, which was just a cry for help for my mom, um, is when I, there was a time in my life where I just wanted my, I just wanted my mom to tell me that she loved me and hugged me. And I was acting out, I was getting in trouble, I was vandalizing stuff, I was doing all these things and I just wanted to, I wanted my mom to tell me she loved me and there was a moment in my life, where um, I said the next time that things blow up around the house and get crazy, I'm just going to I'm going to threaten to kill myself and and my mom and my, and maybe that I'll wake my mom up and she'll she'll tell me that she loves me and everything and and well, well I one night I we had a huge blow up and I uh grabbed a I grabbed the gun, my dad's gun. I knew where it was and I put it to my head and I was like threatening to kill myself and she called the fucking police and they arrested me and I was sent Ah. to jail. I was 17. I was sent to jail. And, um, I remember after I got out of jail, I had to like a week later, I had to go to, um, a psychiatric ward for children and we would have, and I was up there for like a month and we would have like groups where we would sit down and we would do stuff like that. Like where we would hug ourselves and, um, before we went to bed, we would, um, like, uh, I want you to, I want you to imagine like your, your head and I want you uh, to th- th- think about your head being very relaxed and now down to your neck and down to your shoulders and down to your you know chest and, you know, down to your stomach. And we're just like relaxing ourselves, trying to calm ourselves. And I just, it took me back to my childhood and, um, I don't know if it was a good thing, <laughs> but <laughs> the movie really hit me. And so I just kind of want to give everybody a little bit of a warning that if you had any type of like verbal or mental abuse, even, even physical abuse that this movie could, could pull those feelings out of you because it really, like things that I had not thought about in years, stuff that I try to block out. And there's a lot that I blocked out that I just don't like. I think that's just like how our brains work. We just try We try all these horrible traumatic things that happen to us when we're younger. We try to just block them out. And this movie kind of like pulled them out of me again. And so not, not really cathartic, but it was a, it was just a, it's an amazing movie. Um, and uh like you, you don't look at like these child stars and think like they're going through that. Like when you see like, you know, if you, I guess if you, I've never watched even Stevens, but if you went back and watched Shia LaBeouf on that show, you'd never think that he was going through this kind of like abuse with his father who's, you know, kind of like an alcoholic slash drug addict and, and always in trouble with the law and, and you would just never think that. And, um, it's crazy. I, it, just this week, it's like I've been listening to, what is, I listened to, the inside of you um, with Michael Rosenbaum with Corey Feldman after this really? and it's like what he went through it's like a lot of the not everything that Shy went through but like he he went through a lot of this too with like his family not not telling him that he's good enough and all this stuff as far as like his acting and Corey Feldman was huge back in the fucking day we're talking about you know Spielberg Goonies and uh, fucking um, uh, Gremlins I mean he's worked with the best and like just, I, I feel like some of these child actors are not protected at all. They're just looked at as as property. It's, and, um, I don't know. This, this, I, Honey Boy is an incredible fucking film. Incredible fucking movie.
4: I think, uh, what's really interesting about what you're saying and what's actually in the movie also is like you were saying, like, you block all these things out, and I think that everybody who has, um, suffered any type of abuse kind of does that as a coping mechanism and the way that we do that like Shia didn't even realize that his behavior that he was like acting out like remember when he went on the red carpet in his like paper bag that said I'm not famous anymore and like the, all the stuff that happened with him, like during Transformers, and like he, like, got into it with the police officers and got arrested while he was filming Peanut Butter Falcon. And like that movie came out this year. So mm-hmm. this has been going on for years and years. And he didn't even realize that, like, this behavior and this person that he was and, like, how he was acting stemmed, could have possibly stemmed from his childhood, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Cause we block these things out and we think, like, oh, this is just the way I am. This is just how I, Like, this is just me when really it's not or it doesn't have to be. And it's, like, so much hard, painful work to, like, figure out what life would have been if, you know, if Mm. you wouldn't have been in whatever abusive situation it was, whether it was, like, a boyfriend or a parent or, like, whatever. And it's been crazy for me. It's, like, think so much about that since I saw this movie.
2: Yeah, it's, like, all that stuff is still, like even though like you can be separated from that stuff that's it's 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 still it's like it's latent like it's it's still right there under the surface and it's like how do you fix all this stuff i i went to therapy and um i'll tell you one thing the therapist that i went to didn't help this guy was a complete creep and Ugh. he was this, yeah this guy was a complete fucking uh, he was a sexual predator i'll say that because on the first, on our first fucking meeting, he's like an older guy and he's like, um, a lot of my, a lot of my uh people that I talk to and work with view me as like a father figure. Um, no, thank you. Would you, would, and this is the first time I'm meeting this guy. He's like, would, um would you view me? as like a father figure and then he wanted to hug me and I'm like what in the fuck is going on here but I kept going because I kept thinking like this is going to you know this is therapy this is supposed to be this is supposed to be the person that's going to help and come to find out this guy was just a sexual predator so at the end of the day so kind of fucked up but um yeah yeah take care of your health people take care of your mental health I still I still There's still things that I need to do, but, um, definitely take care of yourselves. I would, I, I think, um, a a lot of like what has helped, I think listening to music is very good. They say 78 minutes of like good music every day helps your brain, um, eating the right foods, getting exercise and stuff like that. It's all, it all helps, but I guess, I don't know. It's, It's if, if the problems go even deeper, you do need to talk to somebody, but make sure that you're getting good, um good professional, like good um, therapy, not from a fucking piece of shit. So. Yeah. Yeah,
4: There's a part in the movie where he like goes into the forest and screams. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh man, I want to do that. I need to do that.
2: (laughs) Oh, they sell. Oh God. (laughs) They sell these, um, these things that you can yell into. Like, uh, Oh wow. Yeah. There's like (laughs) these jars that you can yell into and like the sound won't escape it, but you can yell as much as you want to in them. And I need to buy one myself, (laughs) so
4: I'll I'll put that on my Christmas list. To me, from me.
2: (laughs) Sorry about getting real deep there, everybody. But sometimes people need to hear that shit, and and they people need to know that you know you've we've all gone through stuff, and it and it doesn't have to be like you had to. It's not all about everybody. Just like like your problems don't matter if you didn't go to war and you don't have PTSD or you didn't you know or your parents like didn't lock you in a basement and whip you and shit like n- trauma your trauma is important no matter what you went through and i'm not saying those other things uh, those are definitely things that are that that need to be addressed and dealt with but like everybody's personal take care of yourself no matter what it is
1: ne- yeah
3: ne- that's never. a that's a great point it doesn't have to be the most extreme trauma to be a right. trauma that will affect you for the rest of your life
2: exactly Exactly. So, yeah.
3: Um,
2: all right. That was fun. Uh, yeah, good times. Yeah. Uh, so Ghostbusters trailer came out. I want to talk about the Ghostbusters trailer, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And um, I uh, this one's uh, – we've got uh, Carrie Coon, uh, Paul Rudd. we got Finn Wolfhard. Is it Grace McKenna, the little girl? We got her. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Jake, what'd you think about the, uh, Ghostbusters afterlife trailer?
3: It, it did not do much for me at all. I don't know. It just, um, I wasn't the biggest fan of the tone of it. I mean, yes, it's connected to the original first two Ghostbusters movies, but it just didn't seem like it was very funny at all. It seemed very serious for a Ghostbusters movie. Um, Super serious Paul Rudd action. Yeah, I don't know. I need to see another trailer to see if it's just more of the same tone Mm. or or what. But I'm just not – I don't know. I'm just not hyped for this Ghostbusters thing. Seeing the old vehicle drive through the cornfield really didn't do anything for me at all. I'm going to toss this trailer.
2: Wow. Melissa? Melissa?
4: uh disclosure i've never seen a ghostbusters <laughs>
2: oh my god you fucking <laughs> yeah. you fucking millennials what's going Oof. on no, I'm well kidding. it's fine yeah
4: so i've never seen any of the original ghostbusters and i haven't seen uh the 2016 ghostbusters and i maybe would have gotten into it um if the internet wouldn't have like Cannibalized itself during like the press tours for that 2016 movie. So I have never really been interested in Ghostbusters since then. But I will say that I obviously like Paul Rudd because he's the best. And I recently watched The Leftovers for the first time, so I'm basically all in for anything Carrie Coon wants to do. Mm. So mm-hmm. it's possible that I'll see this movie, uh, but I'll just taste the trailer. Like, I think it's a good trailer. I don't have the hang-ups Jake has because I've never seen these movies. <laughs> um, but I like kind of hate already that the success of this film is going to be used to like bring that shit back from that 2016 Ghostbusters movie. Please
2: leave those
3: people alone. <laughs> yeah, agreed.
2: Uh, let's see here, I uh, I've watched it many times now, and they actually played it before my showing of Jumanji uh, on the on the big screen. But um, I didn't I didn't care for anything really in the trailer up until like the very end, where like they're the kids are. Basically, there's I guess there's a ghost loose in their town, and they're in the ecto one, and they're driving around, and she's in that fucking that chair. That's what what did they call it? It's like a she's in that seat that pops out of the ecto one, that ejectable seat or whatever.
3: I forget. She calls it something yeah. like oh, it has this, but I forget what it is too. Yeah, and, and
2: so she's going around trying to shoot <laughs> these ghosts, and I was like that's more of the stuff that I want to see in this movie. That looks, that looks fun. And it's like, it's only like the last five seconds that we really get that. And like, that's more of what I want to see. And we're, this is an odd one. This is an odd trailer because it's like, it's like, um, they don't show you too much, but they also don't show you a lot at all. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, I can't bitch about it. Everybody's bitching about, oh, they showed me too much. I've seen the whole movie. And it's like,
3: <laughs> I don't feel like they
2: did that here at
3: all. Um, no, but on the, I agree. Unless but on there's the, very little in this movie. You, they did not yeah. show too much. But
2: on the flip side, I didn't see a lot of stuff that I really cared about either. Right? I didn't, there was nothing that really got me too excited up until... Up until the end, and even that, I wasn't just like, oh my god, I wasn't fucking like falling out of my goddamn chair. I was just like, that looks like it could be, that has the potential to be fun. These, these fucking kids in this car driving around using this ghost busting equipment to try to, to try to catch these ghosts. Like yeah, that.
3: I saw it before Jumanji too, and it looked like that. That was for the first time I noticed that was Slimer they're chasing.
2: Yeah, it looked like Slimer. Yeah,
1: I
3: had
2: people in my theater that hadn't seen the trailer, and when they saw the Ecto one in that cornfield, they all went oh. But I think it was just like kind of like shock that uh, that oh I, I know what that is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know this, you know. So yeah, I'll I'll give it I'll give it a taste it and I I think I'm being generous there I think I'm being generous with the taste it it's I I think it's um it's
3: yeah all, all the plot points really made me roll my eyes like the whole oh my god who is your grandfather yeah. like my eyes rolled so far into the back of my head I had a headache for five minutes afterwards from well, seeing that
2: and then they got to make her look exactly like fucking Egon you know
3: what I mean oh who who is it what's the mystery yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, she looks exactly like Egon. But I will see, man. I don't know. I love Finn Wolfhard. I'm more excited about that fucking horror movie he's gonna be in with the fucking yeah. the
4: Turning, the
2: Turning with that fucking little girl from the Florida Project and uh, mm-hmm. who's uh, Mackenzie Davis is in that. that. That fucking movie looks great. That fucking movie, I think it looks scary as shit.
4: <laughs> I didn't realize that so much horror came out in January. <laughs>
2: Good fucking good fucking month for Horror. The, uh, was it? The Grudge, the new Grudge? Uh-huh. Antlers. Oh Antlers? Oh my yeah, the fucking uh the uh, Guillermo de Toro thing.
4: Yeah, and that's like based on a short story, I'm pretty sure that you can
2: read, so God damn it. John Cho. John Cho in that grudge trailer. John Cho in the in the in the shower. And he's like nope. putting the shampoo on, putting the shampoo nope. on, and fucking nope. these these fucking like charcoal black fingers bust out of the back of his goddamn head.
4: <laughs> oh my god! Between the ring and the grudge, when I was younger, I could barely take a shower. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this movie.
2: Oh god! Oh, I love it. I just scare me. Just something scare the shit out of me. I want to feel. I want to feel like a little kid, just scared out of my goddamn mind, watching one of these.
1: <laughs>
3: We saw a trailer for a really short teaser for Quiet Place 2 at Jumanji as well.
2: Did you? I didn't see that. Huh.
3: Yeah, it, it was probably only like 30 seconds long, but it showed like them trying to cross the street and was it being a, quiet. Was it IMAX? No, it, oh. we saw a non IMAX showing okay. at Jumanji.
2: Huh. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Wonder Woman trailer. We're not going to break down this fucker because honestly. I feel like if we tried to break it down, Jake, with all the spoilers that we know about this movie, we could probably spoil the entire movie just breaking down the Wonder Woman trailer. But what did you think about it?
3: Uh, It it wasn't my favorite thing ever. I I didn't necessarily hate it, though. It's just a a middle-of-the-road taste it for me. I mean, it didn't get me any more or less excited to see the movie, so it's kind of a fail there. But I didn't see anything in this that made me, like, really grown it it just looked like a sequel to wonder woman it's not trying to be too daring on changing up the uh, effects and cinematography effects that they did from the last movie it definitely looks like more of the same and yeah i mean I'm, i'm still very excited to see this but very weary of some of the uh, plot beats. I know they're that are going to be coming in the actual movie, but yeah, I thought this trailer was just okay.
2: It matches up everything that we saw in the trailer matches up with everything that I've talked about spoiler-wise and everything that I shared with you spoiler-wise.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Definitely.
2: Like even down to like Kristen Wig talking like in the trailer when she's like um you know, how, she's like, oh, I've I've fallen in love, like, so many times, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's literally in that synopsis. I mean, everything um, – I yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that I know the entire plot of the movie at this point.
3: Yeah, I, and I think, honestly, it's hard for that to not affect me on, like, a subconscious level now that they took so long to show us this trailer – I honestly feel like if I would have seen this trailer four months ago, it might have been a little bit more exciting to me mm. than seeing it last week for the first time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Everybody, a uh, reminder, if you do want to know the entire plot for Wonder Woman 1984, send me an email uh, at brian at com, and I'll be happy to uh, send that out to you. Just title it ww eighty four. Or you can title it WD-40. I don't give a fuck. Do whatever you want. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Melissa, what would you think <laughs> about this Wonder Woman trailer?
4: Um, I'm going to give it a high taste just because I'm obsessed with Wonder Woman's like gold suit costume that she wears at the end of it.
3: <laughs> That's from uh, Kingdom Come, right? That's her Kingdom Come outfit. Yeah, it's a golden,
2: what do they call it, the golden eagle armor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I love it.
4: It extremely works for me. Um, I'm worried a little bit um, about seeing Steve Trevor die again. I haven't heard all the spoilers, so I don't know if that happens. But um, when people come back to life like that, I always think that it's going to be the trope of like, oh, they're back for like one mission. And once that's done, they're going to die again. And I don't want to see that happen again. But also, I'm, like, really worried about Kristen Wig. It seems like this trailer is wasting her. I hope the whole movie isn't.
2: I, I want to see an anthology series just uh, about different ways Steve Trevor dies. <sighs> <laughs> like maybe had, but
4: I mean at least that would be the thing and it wouldn't
3: be a yeah, shock <laughs>
2: it'd be like, at least there would be some more content on DC Universe you know what I mean at least they'd have another fucking show we could watch
3: <laughs> the Steve Trevor Chronicles
2: <laughs> yeah it's just an anthology series where we get to watch him die in different horrific ways
3: you know yeah different eras too different period pieces oh yeah
2: here's him getting hit by a car in the
3: 1970s and now he's dead <laughs> 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 I mean, here's him dying in a mattress factory fire. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I was going to make a joke about how he would die in 2019, but all of my ideas were super fucking dark, so I'm not going to do
2: that. <laughs> uh, I, I I I thought the trailer was okay. I'm I am worried about Kristen Wiig in this one. To be quite honest with you, I'm not. Uh, I'm worried about the way the cheetah. She's going to look in as the cheetah, and
4: because uh, that's like an... In- what's the word like anamorphic like she's
1: anthropomorphic anthropomorphic.
4: she's gonna like be a cheetah with like a girl face or what's the deal
2: i don't know i don't know what i've (laughs) i've I've not heard good things about the way she looks i'll be honest with you like every
3: kind of kept that under the chest and honestly if we have wonder woman one to go by i thought that was where the movie was weakest when um oh i forget who the main bad guy was but the Professor Lupin from the Harry Potter movies was, when he yeah. turned into his final form, it got a, a bit eye-rolly.
2: Yeah, was it Ares? There oh you yeah, go. yeah, yeah. Yeah, is the, the actor? His last name is tulis right? I can't
3: remember. Is it Donald or Ronald or? I don't uh, know yeah, I yeah, something like that. And Doug, Bill, <laughs> Stan. Yeah, I, I thought that was. Hopefully, it's not more of the same. Where it's like just a really bad effects yeah. battle-looking stuff. It'll, it'll be very interesting.
2: Oh, as as uh, The effects were not fantastic, but I still will take those effects over the uh, Black Panther final battle between Killmonger and Black Panther in the suits as they're falling. That fucking <laughs> shit. That was ridiculous. That was a goddamn fucking PlayStation game.
1: It was ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I was, I, I, was when I was watching it. I was like, I'm surprised that they didn't have like controllers there that we could just play the end of that fucking. Player movie. two start. God, yeah. Player two has entered the game. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that was terrible. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I give it a taste. That it was fine. I, I'm, I am worried about this movie. I think they're. Uh, from, you know, from what I know, it just sounds like they're really leaning into the 80s here, too.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, I heard it's super obnoxious.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's
4: like the same mall that's in Stranger Things, yeah?
2: I don't know if it's the same one. It, it looks like it.
4: I feel like I read that somewhere. <laughs> literally. It's literally filmed in the same mall.
2: <laughs> it might be. It might be. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, I'm going to jump into something that I watched here. I watched uh, an animated movie in the theater, Promare. Uh, this is somebody, somebody uh, sent me a tweet and said, watch it. You need to watch this one. And I saw it was coming back to theaters. They had it coming back for a couple of days. days. Uh, 30 years prior, Earth suffered a calamity known as the Great World Blaze, wherein fires from mass spontaneous human combustions killed half the world's population. Certain humans developed pyrokinetic abilities during and subsequent to the event and became known as the Burnish. In the present, Gallothymos lives in the city of Prom Prompolis as a member of the firefighting group Burning Rescue, who responds to incidents involving the purported Burnish terrorist sect Mad Burnish. Uh, Promare is a Japanese animated film co produced by Trigger and X Flag. It's the first feature length film. From the acclaimed studio Trigger, creators of the hit series *Kill La Kill* and *Little Witch Academia*, and director Hiroyuki Imeishi. Um this is just like, oh my god! Like the animation in this is fucking incredible. I'll tell you that much. Like it, it almost has like a CG feel to it, but it's like CG mixed with hand drawn. It's crazy. I, I, the closest that I can can even try to compare it to is maybe the newer Transformers stuff that came out on go 90, like the Titans return, like that animation style. Um, the animation is wild. The voice acting is great. It's a little over the top, but I still think it's great. Um, My biggest problem with this is it was just, and I know a lot of animes are like this, where it's like they start off with these battles, the action's intense, and then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, you have, like, even in Power Rangers, you have, like, the fucking the Rangers, then they... Fucking turn in. I don't know. They, what do they do? They they fucking have like animal things that they get into. These animal Mega
3: super zords.
2: Yeah. Well, they start off in the animals, right? Don't they? Are they the animals? Like they uh, have like an yeah, animal.
3: Like the regular zords. Are yeah.
2: Really. Oh. And then they then they all then they all combine. Like this is the same fucking thing where it's like it starts off and like there's a battle and then like the battle gets bigger and then they they turn into something else and it's even bigger and then it. And it, it's it's amazing. The action is awesome. It's like it's almost like if Zack Snyder was jerking off all over this thing. It's like it's 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 huge. It's like uh, yeah, it's almost like if Michael Bay and Zack Snyder were fucking blowing each other and making anime. Like this is what you would see. <laughs> it's like, doing lines, dude. It's, yeah, it's fucking nuts. Like, but all in all, I think it, it was a little exhausting for me because it just it, <laughs> I could see it just kept getting bigger and bigger with more action. And, and some of the action was hard to follow. It was beautiful to watch on screen, but it was really hard to follow. And I was kind of checked out at certain times like, okay, all right, Jesus Christ, how long is this action scene going to go on? Oh, they're doing that now. Wow. It's a huge explosion. I, but it was, um, the animation's incredible. And, uh, I think it started off really well and then it just went kind of nuts, but I'll give it Overall, for the action and keeping me into the movie, I'll give it a high taste. It, it's just – I don't know. I think this is more for like – uh dude, if you're a fucking 12-year-old boy, you're going to fucking love this. Like this mm. is just going to be – you're going to be like, oh my god, this is incredible. But um, yeah, I thought it was all What'd right. What
3: did you say it was called again?
2: Promare, P-R-O-M-A-R-E, Promare.
3: Okay. I saw you tweet about this and watched the trailer. The animation yeah. was really unique looking.
2: Yeah. 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 It's, it's almost like it's not, it's not Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but it's, it's a, it's a unique art style. Just like that was a unique art style for that movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's
3: like hand drawn on, like self shaded. It is very, yeah. it is very different. And when it goes into the action sequences, it, it looked really cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I taste that one, Promere. I saw, uh, reprisal on Hulu. I haven't watched the whole series yet. Melissa, have you, fr- I
4: have, you, mm-hmm.
2: you watched the whole thing? Yeah. I'm through episode four on it. And, um, it's a, it's a revenge tale. This is on Hulu. It's a series. The revenge tale, uh, follows a relentless femme fatale who after being left for dead leads a vengeful campaign against a bombastic gang of gearheads. It's created by Josh Corbin. Um, He's done some other television before. He did something called Startup. He did something called Quantum Break, um, which, yeah, sounds like a knockoff of Quantum Leap. I have no <laughs> idea. But um, we've got Abigail Spencer. Uh, she was in Rectify and Timeless. She plays Doris in this series. And then we've got a bunch of other actors here. We've got uh, Rodrigo Santoro, Mina Massoud. He was um, uh, Aladdin in the, uh, the new Aladdin film.
4: Um, yeah, did you hear that he hasn't had an interview since Aladdin?
2: Yeah, I heard something about did that. Did you read that? I read those uh, headlines.
4: Yeah, I'm hoping that this show coming out kind of helps him out. Because, I mean, he was good in this. Mm-hmm. He's qualified to at least be getting interviews.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean,
4: he made Disney
2: a billion dollars. <laughs> I like that Aladdin movie. I don't give a fuck what people say. I thought it was fun. I
4: haven't seen it.
2: Yeah, I thought it was fun as shit. I thought he did a pretty good job. Um yeah, it's, uh, Ron Perlman's also in this one. Uh Reese Wakefield, Davis uh David Duss I mean, he was in uh Prisoners, he was also in Ant-Man. He's been in a bunch of stuff recently. He was in uh The Dark Knight, I believe. Um I'm through four episodes and I am going to start off I'm going to really let you dive into this one here, Melissa, but I'm going okay. to This is when I'm going to finish. Uh I think it gets better and better with each episode. It's one of those things where like after the first episode, it didn't really kind of like make me want to watch the second episode up until the very end. Then I was like, wow, okay, that's Mm -hmm. cool. Let's start the next episode. And then I think like the more that we learn about Doris (laughs) and I love her monologues and stuff like that. There's that whole speech that she's giving as She's trying to convince another group that they should work With her. Oh, my God. That sit-down meeting. And that was incredible. Like, that's the kind of stuff that makes me want to watch this show. Yeah. I like it stylistically, Mm -hmm. but I can't stop comparing, like, Josh Corbin, the the creator of this. I can't stop thinking to myself, like, dude, are you just going to pay homage to Quentin Tarantino this entire series? Or are you going to do something that's 100% you? Because this is very... Tarantino inspired in my opinion, but I'll be honest with you. I am enjoying this one and I am going to continue to, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to like binge this one like right away. I'm going to be watching other things in the interim. But like when I do have some downtime, you know, after I've finished like episode five of family matters, I might watch the, you know, episode five <laughs> of Reprisal. I'm, I'm enjoying, I think it's a good series so far. And I think it's, I think it's finally hitting its stride. I think like when, in episodes three and four, and I think it's getting better. Um, but I'm going to give, overall, I'm going to give, it's a, it's a mix. Each episode's a mix of a taste it and a high taste it for me. But I'm going to, mm-hmm. overall, I'm going to give my experience with it a high taste it. Um, and I'm going to continue to watch this one. Uh, but what do you, I, you finished it so clearly you it sounds like you enjoyed it
4: yeah so there's a couple actors that i want to give a special shout out to um you mentioned rodrigo santoro uh he plays joel in the show he plays hector maves lover in westworld which i thought was wild when i figured that out
2: oh god Um, he looks nothing
4: i know right i feel like the way he talks in this mm-hmm. is so much different i mean obviously it's a different character but yeah so that was pretty mind-blowing when i figured it out but uh madison davenport is in this she's playing meredith she was ashley wheeler um john king's girlfriend in the hbo series sharp objects and i was very thrilled to see her and she's doing something completely different
1: she and looks like a, she looks
2: like a low hand doesn't she look like she Lin- does, kind Doesn't of. she? She, she looks has like...
4: really mm. tiny hands, and it kind of makes me uncomfortable. But she's still one of my favorite parts of the show. Ah, that's what—that's
2: what—that's what you—that's what, that's what, you, what you want, though, is the, the little tiny hands, <laughs> you know, and you know, the little tiny. Um, Jake, that's all. That's what all guys want is a little, because it makes us feel bigger. Then, right? You know what I mean? Sure,
3: sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're number one on the list. <laughs>
2: it's like, yeah. Put those – that's like uh, – that's – that's, you got to have tiny hands. makes us men so we don't feel so emasculated. Makes It makes us feel bigger. <laughs> Go, sorry. Go
4: ahead. Um, and then the last one is uh, Leah Dolores, who is playing Queenie. She plays Big Boo on Orange is the New Black, and this is something like not different for her, but they have her um, like dressed up because she serves as both the right hand to Joel who leads this gang – and she's, like, the leader, like, mama bear of these pinups who perform at the gang's, like, cabaret headquarters. It's called the Bangerang. But seeing this actor dressed up in these, like, elaborate burlesque-type costumes is, like, such a trip since she dresses, like, typically so very masculine. But at one point, she's in this, like, uh, like burlesque outfit. She's doing her, like, ringleader thing. And she's leading an army of pinups pinups excuse me and she's wielding a fucking axe and <laughs> it is so cool so i can't wait till you get to that part yeah uh but right off the bat this show feels to me like grown-up riverdale but i don't want anybody to think of that as like a bad thing it's like the best parts of riverdale because it's neo-noir and the mysteries keep twisting and turning through all the episodes uh, it's very time period ambiguous because they drive these like classic cars and the women are dressed, you know, in the vein of, ni- you know, 1960s housewives. They have cell phones, but not smartphones. So y- it's really like you can't pinpoint where this series takes place and it gives it like an otherworldly, I think, type quality to it. And it's all done in like, like neon lights and there's huge contrasts in all of the cinematography. So I really like that aspect. Um yeah, uh, because, like, it's hard to, like, talk about because I don't want to spoil anything. Because uh, the show is just mystery stacked on top of mysteries. Yeah. But the characters are, like, really highlights of the show. You've got, like, the brawlers, but they have, like, their special contingent of the gang called the Three River Phoenix. And it's these men specifically charged with, like, running the money between the various businesses. And they call that route the river. Um and it's, like, this way station between joining the gang and becoming a full member. Um, and you see, like, why they have these people, like, do this pit stop as a River Phoenix before they, like, join the game. Because they go out and do all these, like, violent tasks and it be- they become, like, a little family. Um, but... That's those characters are Maddie and Johnson and officially Ethan. But Maddie and Johnson I think are also my favorite parts of this because Maddie is this like very, very emotional, but also like psychopathic violent man. And through the series we see him like find himself and also cry, and that's such a fun juxtaposition for me. I is, really like Doesn't it.
1: he look
2: like doesn't he look like Taylor Kitch's like younger brother?
4: Yes, he really does. Yeah. He's in the first Purge movie.
2: Okay, all right.
4: Hm. Um, and he has this like long blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, he was which is apparently his thing. <laughs> That's wild.
2: <laughs> this I, for me, it's like it's it, it's a very slow burn revenge story, is what I'm seeing. You know, and yeah. and, and it
4: gets into. Oh no! Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, it, you've got this woman Doris who, like, at the beginning of the series. Like, at the very first episode, like, our first opening moments of this, like, she's being dragged behind a car by the people that are, like, the closest to her in her life, and then they just leave her there to die, assuming that she's dead, and that's basically, like, our flashback scene, and, like, this whole series is, like, leading up to maybe, like, the revenge for that moment, and... And uh, that's what – I'm going to stick around for it. I'm definitely going to stick around for this series. I think it does continue to get better. But uh, – and I, 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 I love the way that uh, she carries herself in the series. Like there's, there's moments where you just think that she's meek and weak
4: yeah, she's like this quiet housewife. She's like she uh-huh. calls people pet names like Pumpkin and sweet Pea. and she she can be like sickly sweet, which makes her seem like a psychopath. But but on the she's flip always, side, she like calls people out for their language, and then you see yeah. what she's capable of.
2: But on the flip side, like there'll be a moment where she like gets agitated, or she she'll zip tie you to a fucking chair and then like zip tie your fucking neck and you're, you you can't breathe, you know, like she's, she can also kick some ass too. So
4: dude, that zip tie scene is great. It's awesome. She just doesn't fucking care. Like, um, yeah. So, I mean, it is about, it's about her revenge, but it's not just her. Like all of these women, um, maybe not every single w- woman in the show, but, like, most of the women in this show are, like, reclaiming their power. There's another housewife that... Um escapes housewifery I guess you could say and then the Madison character like she needs to find out like where she came from and like where she belongs in the world and you know sometimes you have to like really murder people to figure these questions (laughs) out but it's not just that like all of the Brawler men like you do root for them but they have to reconcile with all of this horrible shit that they've done and then on top of that the whole show is also about like loyalty and like who should you give your loyalty to and what makes a family and like what does family even mean especially when you're around such like violent like honest to god crazy people um but yeah i'm kind of with you and where i landed is that i'm gonna give the show like the highest of high taste it's um this is one that i'm actually interested in re-watching because there is a ton going on in each episode and the storyline and the stakes kind of change with every reveal that you get. So I know that there's more to pick up on that I missed while I was, like, sitting down in two sittings and watching five episodes of this at a time. <laughs> um, but I think that the show could, like, easily become a Tupperware for me with more watches or, like, honestly, maybe even just time spent away from it, kind of thinking mm-hmm. about it. But I... As it stands, I'm not giving it that wear because I do have some questions that weren't answered. But I can't tell if, like, they weren't answered or if they just weren't answered how I wanted them to be answered. So I'm grumpy, you know, sometimes that <laughs> happens. Um, and I just wanted, like, a little bit more from where it ends. But, you know the showrunner and the creator you know everybody in the show they end the show where they did for a reason and like once I can put my finger on that reason I feel like that you know that concern will be alleviated but um yeah like you said like this show gets better and better each episode um if any of it is intriguing I think you should at least check out a couple episodes but uh definitely don't pay attention to the critics reviews on Rotten Tomatoes (laughs) Because they are very. Oh, they're bad. bad. Yeah, but the audience score is at a fucking ninety-six.
2: Yeah, I think this is when you got to give it at least three episodes. I, I I would highly recommend giving it three episodes if you're going to watch it.
4: Yeah, and if it's hard to get through, like, the first one or two, like, Abigail Spencer is an absolute joy to watch on screen in her cute 1960s outfits acting like a crazy person. So for that alone, the three
2: episodes are worth it. The world that they set up is, you know, pretty interesting as far as, like, you've got, like, the the three river phoenixes, you've got the brawlers, you've got the ghouls. Is it the ghouls?
4: Yeah, the happiness ghouls, the Bastl Brawlers. It's crazy because, like, in a revenge tale, you don't often get such a complete look at the other side. So I mean, obviously there it like things come to a head and when that happens, like I was having a hard time figuring out like who to root for and I love that.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to finish this one. It it's it's going to be one that I just slowly get back to but i am gonna finish it there is enough here that's uh that 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 has me here it doesn't feel like a hulu series this feels like something that you'd watch on amazon prime it does not feel like a hulu series at all so yeah but uh, it feels like an amazon series to me for some reason but i just in production yeah it just doesn't feel like something that i'd watch on hulu
4: it's definitely more – I guess I can't say that I've watched everything on Hulu, but it's more, um, I think, like, ballsy in its content than a lot of Hulu shows are. Like, the only thing I can think of on Hulu that's even remotely this – and it's hmm, I – I don't totally, say – It's totally –
2: Handmaid's Tale is totally different.
4: Yeah, and Handmaid's Tale is, like, really fucking dark, mm-hmm. but it's not – Yeah. Like, Hulu, I don't think, does a lot of, like – isn't killing people fun? <laughs> like they don't do a lot of that.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but like
4: sometimes we like to watch that.
2: Yeah, I what was it? Too old to die young on Amazon Prime is like it's darker than this, but it feels more like this than anything that I've ever seen on Hulu. Like Hulu, they like Future Man, you know that Seth Rogen thing, and um, I don't know. It's just Hulu just does not feel like the home for reprisal but it's a good series check it out people reprisal on hulu um let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we've got more good pop bad pop Mm, sounds great right hey we're back we got more good pop bad pop to shove in your fucking ears all the holes <laughs> All the holes. <laughs> we're yeah we're gonna be filling all your fucking holes um holes that was a movie that shia labeouf was in that whole a great movie.
1: the
4: soundtrack is a banger too
3: i've never oh, seen yeah. what's, what's the hits
4: uh there's this moby song called honey <laughs> that i loved when i was a child
3: <laughs> oh, i thought
2: they were gonna have that what's that that head like a hole, black as your soul. <laughs> I'd wrap the nine inch nails. That's what I thought they'd have in holes. That would have
3: been the perfect tie in.
2: Yeah, that would have been really good. Um, so, anyway, I uh, watched, uh, watched a movie this week. Uh, little Joe, uh, Alice, a single mother, is a dedicated senior plant breeder at a corporation engaged in developing new species against company policy. She takes one home as a gift for her teenage son, Joe. This is directed by Jessica Hausner. It stars uh, former guest of uh, of our show, Jake uh, Emily Beecham. We had her on the I had her on for uh, Into the Badlands interview a few years ago. So, former guest of the show, Emily Beecham, uh, Ben Wishaw, Carrie Fox, Kit Connor, and Dave Wilmot. And um, I was uh, I was looking forward to this one. Uh, did you get a chance to see this one, Melissa?
4: Yeah, I did. I watched it last night.
2: Yeah. What did you think? What did you think about Little Joe?
4: Um, like, I found the premise interesting. I think it's funny that the tagline is like, oh, the point of this movie is that she takes this plant home, when really that, like, hardly matters. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) She takes it home. Um. But this never really tipped into, like, truly gripping territory. Um, The entire plot is basically, like, straightforward, I thought. I was waiting for there to be, like, a shocking reveal or, like, a twist of some sort. Or for it to tip into, like, real horror. Um, And it kind of doesn't do that. It's just, like, a movie. Here's the story. We're going from point A to point B. And, yeah, you watched it for an hour and 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, it's basically this plant that she's kind of like, you know, come up with and uh it's supposed to release kind of like a what is it is it a pheromone or like what Like
4: oxycotin or the like it releases like it makes you happy but it also releases like the pheromone that um like stimulates bonding between like mother and child. So you, this plant makes you happy. And in turn, you feel a bond for this plant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, uh, it, then it, I was like, I, w- I I'm right there with you. It's like, there's so that like the concept is, is, is great. And it visually, it looks really cool. Like when they're in the, in that room where they're like developing all the the Mm -hmm. science for these plants and you get to see all these plants it's the colors are gorgeous the plants look very cool it's just i i don't think like this really excels on any level like it's they try to do like this invasion of the body snatchers meets this plant life and it doesn't succeed on any level in my opinion i think I don't know. I I I felt like I kept waiting for something major, Mm -hmm. something big to happen. And like nothing, it it really, the story starts and it ends. And
4: like the main villain is the plant, but it's like not established that the plant has any
2: consciousness or anything. Like true
4: nefarious motivations. It's just like a plant. Like these are the ways that the plant affects you. And like, that's, bad?
2: (laughs) Well, I kept thinking of, like, Jurassic Park, where life finds a way. She, like, developed Uh this plant where it couldn't, uh, it couldn't produce seeds or something, and, like, was that, uh, I don't, I I I, Yeah,
4: the plants, it's like, it's apparently, like, bad that they made the plant (laughs) sterile so that it would smell more, because apparently when you bioengineer plants to be, like, more, uh, like hardy so that they can live under like extreme circumstances, like in your house, it takes away from how good the plants smell. So in order to counteract that, apparently they made it. So the plants were sterile and couldn't reproduce, but apparently uh, plants deeply want to reproduce and are now mad that they can't. But like, it's also that they used this like un like approved like virus to do the germination or whatever and that's really what went wrong like there's no the movie I don't think ever really gets around to like what the real problem is with the fact that this plant makes you happy but also feel like you're dead inside
2: i don't think like (laughs) like they call it a drama some places are calling it a horror and i don't think it does either of these no very well and it's it's unfortunate because i was yeah i thought that like this this sounded like a very cool concept you know when i uh when i first heard about a plant that makes you happy and then like you know the comparisons with to you know invasion of the body snatchers and it just doesn't do anything of any of it really well and at the end of the i was very unsatisfied with this movie i'm gonna give it a low taste it i i really did not enjoy this one at all um so i thought the concept was cool and that's why i'm giving it a low taste it and i think like the Mm -hmm. i thought emily beecham did a fine job for what she was given um and it's it's just unfortunate i just don't think this is nothing that I would recommend anybody going out to, it's, it's out in theaters now and limited release and you can rent it on VOD and I, I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> so.
4: Yeah, I'm right there with you giving it a taste. It, um, the two kid actors I think did a pretty good job with what they're given. Uh the girl, I wish I had her name in front of me, but she's creepy as fuck. So Oh
2: yeah. Oh, the, yeah, she was <laughs> really she good. Yeah, and
4: she's like it smells sexy. I'm like, I need to turn this
2: off. Yeah, <laughs> that was so weird. I do not like
4: that she said
2: that. I didn't like that. That 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 was so weird. And then can we talk about the um can we talk about the cakes and all the pastries in the in the cafeteria? <laughs> <laughs> what was up with that?
4: The lady named the lady named Bella named her dog Bello.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know. I really like the. Jake, there's this cafeteria and like I don't know what food they were serving, but they had every pastry and every cake. Did you see that huge piece of purple cake? That fucking yeah, Emily. Just, <laughs> Emily Beach It's about?
4: Just cakes that they eat, and so. <laughs>
2: So
1: There's, like,
4: a point made that she, like, doesn't cook and all they eat is takeout. Yeah. And then they eat all these pastries. So, like, but I, I don't know what type of, like, food connections we're supposed to be making here. But yeah. it feels like something.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: Little Joe. I don't know. This is... I w- don't watch it. It is it was a huge letdown for me. Huge letdown. Oh, man. I was hoping... I was hoping that this was going to be a good one. 70%, like a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes has a high score.
4: So I've read, like, some things on the internet about it, and people are kind of making the connection between, like, this plant that, like, kind of takes your personality out and replaces it with this, like, generic happiness. They're, like, equating that with, like, pharmaceuticals being used to treat, like, various mental health conditions. I don't really have much to say about that other than like I didn't really get that out of the movie and I think that that might be like maybe dangerous territory to walk in given that the point of this is that like the plant is supposed to be like insidious and I definitely think if you need to be taking a pharmaceutical, then you absolutely should and should not feel bad about it. So I didn't read too much about that, but that could be contributing to like, I, I was surprised about like how high like their critical ratings for this was, but I think that they might be taking something a little deeper out of this than I personally was. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, yeah, that's true. It's one of those things with like, if you do need medication that, but I th- honestly think like a lot of the healthcare professionals out there, like they do they like they just prescribe medication willy-nilly sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So. And if you
4: are in that situation, it is really important to like be an advocate for yourself. But again, these aren't things that this movie's getting into. No. So if that's the point of this movie, it's yeah. a miss.
2: It's a <laughs> total miss. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna low taste this one and it's sad cause, uh, you know, I loved, I loved Emily Beecham as the widow and in into the Badlands and I think she's, I think she's a fine actor. I really like her and I really wanted to come in here and be like, yeah, this is great. Just not not a good movie, people. Little Joe, uh, Jake. We both went and saw Jumanji: The Next Level. This is the sequel to 2017's Jumanji, uh, and uh, that was a sequel to 1995's Jumanji um, with uh, with fucking Robin Williams. The gang is back, but the game has changed. As they return to Jumanji to rescue one of their own, they discovered that nothing is as they expect. The players will have to brave parts unknown and and unexplored. From the arid deserts to the snowy mountains in order to escape the world's most dangerous game. This one's directed by Jake Kasdan. He directed the first one. It stars pretty much the original cast here. Karen Gillan, Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black. Uh, and then we've added uh, uh Danny DeVito, Danny Glover. Uh, oh, Kevin Hart returns. Nick Jonas returns. Colin uh, Hanks returns. Um, I saw this one in 3D. I went and saw Jumanji, the next level in 3D. Jake, what did you think about uh, Jumanji, the ne- uh, The next level?
3: Um, I was actually kind of sadly disappointed by this movie. I was really looking forward to this. Um, when the first one came out, I kind of didn't know what to think about a reimagined, rebooted Jumanji movie. And it was a real pleasant surprise from a couple of years ago how much I enjoyed that movie. And so I was really looking forward to this and what they would do with the sequel. And I kind of felt that this fell flat in a lot of ways for me. I, I didn't think it was nearly as funny as the first movie. Um, I thought it was just kind of a crammed sequel of a plot with a lot of very predictable twists and turns. Um, it was like the whole Nick Jonas of it all in this movie was really weird. His character really didn't have anything to do, so I even have him. Um, yeah, I just didn't think the formula just didn't work as good for me. I don't know if it just wasn't as fresh or just not written as well, but I, I was re- kind of really let down by this movie. It's going to be a low tasted for me.
2: Wow. I, I liked it. I had a, I had a really fun time with this one. I, uh, the 3d I thought was phenomenal. Um, especially the scenes with the, uh, there's a, there's a, there's an amazing, in my opinion, amazing action sequence with, uh, Ostriches while they're out in the desert being chased by ostriches, which was, which was a blast. I thought that that was a lot of fun. And then I think the, the action scene that really kind of shined for me was uh, when they're being chased by the mandrills, which are, look like baboons and um, these rotating bridges that they have to navigate through. Um, in the new level of this game and they're being chased by these you know mandrels and that just looked gorgeous in 3d and it was a lot of fun i felt like some of the jokes were falling flat i was kind of getting sick of the whole rock acting like danny devito stuff and the whole i think the kevin hart acting like danny glover and delivering the lines real slowly and and that kind of stuff was starting to wear thin on me after a while. But like, you know, elements change within the movie. And, and, um, I thought that Jack Black was great as the characters that he portrayed in this. He, I, he was great in the first one. I thought he was great in this one. I actually had a lot of fun. I'm going to see this again. I think I'm going to go see it in IMAX the next time. I, I loved that first movie. I Tupperware. I saw that twice in theaters. And, um, I had a, I had a lot of fun with this one too. I, and I loved the way that this ended and sets up a third movie and I'm excited for the, the third film. I, I enjoyed this a lot more
3: than you. I'm going to give it, I'll, I'm going
2: to give it, I'm going to give it a tougher way. I really loved it. So
3: yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I, I absolutely hated the indie not, not to go into spoiler territory. Oh wow. I, but, I, I kept thinking yeah. to
2: myself, like, I, 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 I like how, uh, at the end, they they were basically like, well, this can't happen again, and so we get something new. And so I'm I'm very, I I like that, I like that. So we'll we'll see how it all plays out when Jumanji, you know, the next Jumanji film comes out. But I, I enjoyed it. I I, I like this film. I thought the action sequences were were well done, and and. Um, I just like being back in this world again. I thought it was, I thought it was very fun. They introduced some new elements with that pool of water. And it was just interesting to see, uh, you know, some of these, uh, actors in different roles playing different characters. I liked it. So,
1: yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I I think those action sequences were interesting on a visual level, and probably one of the few things saving this from an outright toss. It so I'll I'll agree with you there. (laughs) The bridge and the monkey scene was very visually pleasing.
2: You don't like a lot of sequels, is what I've noticed. Like even with like TV series and movies, Jake's not you're you're not a sequel guy. It's it's one of those things where it's it it, you love the original, and I've just I've kind of just like noticed with this with you. Um, not, not, not just with older movies, but even with the newer ones that, it, and it's not always the case. I mean, I know that you, you know, with star Wars, you, you love the last Jedi, but with, you know, John wick, you're a huge fan of John wick, John wick two comes out and like John wick two, like you, I, you gave it a, I think like a, a high taste it or I it, but so much. So it let you down so much. You haven't even seen the third John wick. And then same thing with like stranger things, like that second season of stranger things just let you down so much that you know you you didn't even finish the third season of Stranger Things it's just
3: yeah i think a lot of times when it's like they don't plan on it being a franchise and it becomes a franchise it, it's a lot harder for them to draw me back into that fantasy into that world it all it all feels so forced hmm. like it's the the old we're doing this again vibe that's just so strong that it just bothers me
2: huh. yeah i i i really had a good time with this movie i thought it was a i thought it was a lot of fun but um yeah yeah whatever
3: whatever you know different different
2: strokes for different folks
3: (laughs) they say that (laughs) i don't think i I, there was so many parts in the first movie where i was like belly laughing at it and there was just really nothing even close to that in this movie Hmm. like and I, i just found so much of the plot to be so contrived like the just the reasons why they would switch bodies and everything was just, it was like, just get us to point A to point B as fast as possible.
1: I
2: liked it. It was like, you know, certain, like when I'm picking a character in a video game, um, you know, it's like multiplayer, like, you know, certain people I've known played different characters better than I do. So, you know, it just kind of, it kind of worked for me.
3: Yeah. And just the, the complete disregard for not having the system again and then just just assist the shape the system was in. And, all the, like, don't think about the story or plot very much to enjoy this movie, that's for sure. But even when doing that, there was just not as much substance here as in the first movie for me.
2: For you, yeah, because I, I felt like there was enough here. Like, it, yeah, the game's broken, and, uh, you know, I. There was – it was kind of like a – I don't know. I I don't want to get into spoiler territory with this. Yeah,
3: yeah. I'm I'm kind of dancing around the subject when it comes to stuff that really fucking bothered me. But we'll we'll revisit this at some point, I'm sure.
2: Uh, I saw – I went and saw Richard Jewell. Um, This is – Oh, yeah, the new Eastwood. Yeah, based on a true story. American security guard Richard Jewell uh, saves thousands of lives – from an exploding bomb at the 1996 Olympics, but is vilified by journalists in the press who falsely report that he was a terrorist directed by Clint Eastwood. Uh, it stars Paul Walter Hauser as Jewel alongside, uh, Sam Rockwell, Kathy Bates, John Hamm and Olivia Wilde. Um, yeah, this, cast. this is way better. Like fucking, what was it? American Sniper that came out a couple years ago.
3: God, well, what was the one that came out where that started in Peoria? It was the the Mule?
2: The Mule. Yeah, like that movie was. I thought it was really good up until the end. Yeah, that. Oh, that movie pissed me off. The end. You got this guy doing all these shitty, fucking, terrible things for this drug money, and then at the end of the movie, he gets busted, and then just like he like takes the full blame in court (laughs) you know and it it was basically like this message of like oh in my generation we you know my generation we we we, you know we take the hits you know we don't we don't you know and it's it's, okay it's it's like dude dude this whole movie what
4: else do you do when you get caught (laughs) with drugs (laughs) well like like you
2: know he they could have gone to court and he could have like fucking he just admitted to it, like, instead of trying mm-hmm. to, like, lessen his yeah. sentence and stuff yeah. like that. And it's, like, it's, and it it is basically, like, this message of, like, you know, that the older generation takes responsibility for, like, you know, their actions. And it, it is what I got from it. And I was thinking the okay, whole time.
3: Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was thinking the whole fucking time. Like, dude, you've been doing, like, all this awful shit the whole fucking time. And now you're going to fucking come clean and be, like. Do whatever. It just didn't fucking make sense. Like, I thought the whole movie was really fucking good up until the end. The ending was so fucking stupid. This, on the other hand, I really liked this movie. I thought it was really well done. Um, another one of these stories where, you know, like we get the full story here as far as like, um, you know, after the fact, you know, years later, kind of like uh, the whole O.J. Uh, movie that came out where they 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 basically vilified what was the 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 attorney what was her name Marsha uh, Marsha sure. Clark Marsha Clark this is another one where they kind of like put Richard Jewell in a in a better light like he he was a weird guy I'm not gonna lie <laughs> he was an odd an like, odd what? guy is
4: he a terrorist. <laughs>
2: Was he no, 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 he was not a <laughs> terrorist. he was not a terrorist he was just a he was just a guy that was obsessed with becoming an officer of the law. he was obsessed with um you know justice and 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 all this stuff and so a lot of his lifestyle revolved around like he did have weapons in his home like he did kind of like match the profile of like somebody that would do this, but in all actuality like this was a this was a guy who was trying to 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 help and and do a good job but he kind of went overboard in the past at some of his older jobs as a, as a security guard he was let go from the police force then became like a security guard and was doing some wild stuff while he was a security guard at a college like pulling people over on the side of the road which is like you can't do that <laughs> and so <laughs> and he was kind of getting physical with people but um in this i uh, i think i think it shows a, I'm, a. Kathy Bates puts on an amazing performance in this, and she gets in front of the uh, the press and she's talking about kind of like the the uh, the ringer that the the media and the FBI have put her and her family through, and she's crying in this, and it's like I'm like tearing up, like she's she's like that mother that you just feel so sad for. Um, Olivia Wilde is very very good in this movie. I thought she was really really good. Um, Sam Rockwell plays, uh, Paul Walter, uh, Heiser, uh, his character, uh, Richard Jewell, he plays Richard Jewell's attorney and Sam Rockwell. He's pretty much great in everything. I loved this movie. I thought it was very well done. Um, a lot better than the last couple fucking Clint Eastwood movies, American Sniper and the Mule. This, I'll give this one a Tupperware. Uh, those other movies I was, you know, I think I'd Gave him a high taste or taste it. This was, this was a Tupperware. I thought it was very well done. So, and it was, I think it started some controversy though. There's like a scene in this movie where Olivia Wilde, she's playing like this reporter that kind of like, she's the one that broke the story that the FBI's main, uh, suspect in this, in the bombing was the, the security guard that found it, Richard Jewell. And there's a whole scene where she, in order to get this information from an FBI guy, she sleeps with him. Mm. And I think that, I think that, th- like, I think that she or somebody, somebody's, like, wanting to sue Warner the Brothers. The
4: newspaper came out and asked Warner Brothers to, like, make a statement saying that she did not sleep with someone to get this story. That they no. were, like, uh, I don't want to say, like, slandering the name of, but in that same way. Campaign. they were basically saying like hey th- this didn't happen and like your whole movie is about like falsely accusing an innocent person and like that is what you're doing to this journalist maybe make a statement saying i know but this part, ain't real.
2: part of me is like kind of like man payback's a bitch because like, they ruined this guy's life but on the flip side at the end of the movie like they do say they, it does say something like you know i, I it's a, it does say something like it's uh inspired by or like not all the elements uh, mm-hmm. you know so i and don't like
4: know. i saw a lot of like like uh like female journalists on twitter saying like hey we don't do this and this happens in tv all the time so just so you know like this doesn't happen
2: <laughs> yeah well i yeah it's it's i don't know i i i have a hard time defending some of the decisions <laughs> So, I don't think it's right that they basically turned her into like um you know sleeping around to to get the news I don't think that that's right, but on the flip side I don't think like integrity <laughs> a lot of these journalists have integrity either. I'm not saying all not I'm not saying all of them don't have integrity, but I don't know just to to put that story yeah, and I don't out there, and
4: enough about it. Like, yeah. is the movie using her real name? Because yeah. if it is, I think it would have been fair to have that disclaimer. But like, if it's like a fictional journalist, and this, this is a based on a true story, like we're not watching a documentary here.
2: Oh, this is totally based on a true story. I don't. Yeah. yeah so, I think I think right. So, but, so like, the the big done. Okay. Warner Brothers yeah, is I, like, go ahead and take us to court. They don't give a shit.
4: Yeah, but it just. It, it is kind of confusing to be like, "Hey, my whole movie is about like not vilifying innocent people, but we're gonna do Definitely do it to this girl." <laughs> I don't think I, I. I don't think
2: Clint Eastwood cares. He, you well, know? he definitely oh, does
3: that. Oh no, it. he definitely does not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I he think he does not give a shit, and Warner Brothers is gonna back him up on those not yeah. giving a shit decisions. And, and I
2: think I think part of Clint Eastwood is just kind of like, "Well, you guys made up this fucking fake story about this guy." <laughs> How's it taste, so I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> Part of me thinks like that's what this old man's doing,
4: yeah, which is
3: a- Oh, he has an agenda <laughs> there's no argument there. No, oh, totally <laughs> totally um <laughs> you you guys excited for bombshell next week. It's crazy that it's during star wars. Are you, are you gonna get a chance to see that, Brian?
2: I'm gonna see it after definitely after Star Wars, but I am gonna see it, yeah, yeah. I was I'm-
4: trying to like maybe avoid that movie because you know the discourse. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, Oh fuck. I'm very in. (laughs) Please give me this movie.
2: It's from the same guy that did like the big short, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I love that.
4: Yeah. But he didn't, did he write it?
3: I don't know. Adam McKay.
4: Yeah. I feel like he didn't like write or direct it. I don't know though. So I'll just stop.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It looks good. What else did I see? Did I saw Yeah. I saw two more things. Um, I won't get into it. Hey, uh, Melissa, do you have anything for Good Pop, Bad Pop?
4: Yeah, I have a couple things. Um, I watched the first two episodes of season three of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime.
2: Yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet.
4: Okay, so this will be really quick because it is the third season. So just if, you know, if anybody else hasn't seen it, it's the story of a Jewish housewife in the 1950s. Um, she finds herself getting a divorce and becoming a stand-up comic. The show stars Rachel Brosnahan, Michael Ziegen, Marin Hinkle, Tony Shalhoub, and Alex Borstein. Um, according to IMBD, this show has won 57 various awards. So, you know, it's very good. Um, it's funny because you guys recently mentioned this, the pilot program that Amazon used to do. And this is one of those shows that yeah. I watched the pilot and voted for it and then waited months and months to see, you know, the first season. Um but yeah, just quickly this the season starts out basically where we leave off um from the second season. The first episodes of course set up what we're into going forward, which I'm really excited about the plot lines they're setting up um i'm most excited for people who are familiar it does seem like lenny bruce played by luke kirby will be playing a larger role in this season and it seems like the joel character is being given something actually interesting to do and he might be able to prove why midge was ever interested in him in the first place which has always been a mystery to me in this show because she's always been light years out of his league um There's a new character introduced this season, played by Madeline Martin, who played Becca Moody in Californication, so I was very excited to see her. Um, I'm giving the first two episodes a Tupperware, and this show has already been renewed for season four, so there's no fear of, you know, a cliffhanger and a cancellation.
2: Yeah, I saw that it was uh, renewed for season four. Yeah, this is, uh, that first season, second season, I think it's, it's a phenomenal show. It's really fucking good, um... Yeah, this is uh, this is one of the. I'm glad that Amazon Prime hasn't abandoned this one because um, I was upset yeah. about Sneaky Pete's cancellation, and we got like. Oh, what me is, too. Is, is Goliath ending? Goliath ending with season four, I think, or is it, or is it season three that they ended it recently?
4: Season three just came out. I don't. Th- I haven't heard either way. I, don't I think.
2: think season. I think the next season, season four, is going to be. So I'm just glad that. Um, That that this show is uh, is doing so well, I think it's I think it's a fantastic show. It's really good. Yeah, and I I love the Lenny
4: So I
2: love the Lenny Bruce stuff. I love it that they get that they're getting into Lenny Bruce. Like this is
4: yeah, he's such a great character.
2: Well, I mean the guy. I mean I'm hoping that this show will actually give us like a. a, a, I think that there was a Lenny Bruce biopic, but I think we need to have another one because like Mm -hmm. just like a guy in comedy way ahead of his time. You know what I mean? He was a pioneer in comedy, so. Yeah. Doing shit way ahead um, of his time.
4: Speaking of Amazon Prime, I've also seen The Report.
2: Oh, yeah, the Adam Driver movie? Uh-huh. What'd you think? I haven't seen it yet. Um,
4: yeah, I give it a Tupperware. Um, I would recommend that everyone watch it, but be prepared that it is pretty heavy and quite difficult to watch at some points Um, because it's based on the true story of the CIA torture report that the Senate Intelligence Committee compiled. Um, Yeah, it was written and directed by Skazi Burns, which he also wrote the screenplay for The Laundromat, which you guys talked about on the show. So he's doing a lot this year.
2: Hmm. Adam Driver's doing a lot this year.
4: Adam Driver is doing a lot. Um, And he's incredible as Daniel Jones in this movie. Uh, I mean, I feel like it goes I was saying he's definitely having the best year of his career he's got marriage story and star wars and this out
2: <laughs> yeah I, th- I i think i don't think we've seen the best out of him yet though
4: no i mean he's just so good
2: i don't think we've seen the best out of adam driver i think i think uh, sky's the limit for this guy i really do i think like he's 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 still up and coming
3: <laughs> you know, he's no, not. I <laughs> agree with that. Yeah. There's yeah. always that one guy in every, like, Star Wars trilogy that just has so much more to come after the trilogy's over. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, yeah. Natalie Portman for the prequels. That was Ewan Ford, McGregor,
2: and in my there. opinion.
3: Oh, yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I, I guess the both of them.
2: Yeah. I, I, I was. I, if I had to gun to the head, I'm saying Ewan McGregor is. But yeah natalie portman she's still she's still got a career i don't know i just i haven't enjoyed everything that she's done but i've liked a lot of her more recent stuff that she's come out with but uh yeah definitely yeah um yeah the report on amazon i'll have to check that out. i that's a, that's one of those things that Amazon – like they're gonna get what is that what is the most recent movie that they had out in theaters was it yeah was was it Honey Boy well, Honey Boy was an Amazon Studios Honey Boy's
4: Amazon The Report's yeah. Amazon they're having a pretty um, big year especially for like awardsy movies
2: yeah well it, I, all this stuff is gonna be on Amazon Prime shortly like it's usually mm-hmm. like three months before it's in the uh, before it's on their service like that Britney Runs a Marathon is already on there now um, Late Night of course is on there now and it's like, you know, if you didn't see these in the theaters, if you have Amazon, just you can watch that shit right now at home. Yeah. I went and saw Black Christmas today. Uh, like, I saw that. Did you saw Black Christmas? Um, uh uh-huh. Hawthorne College is quieting down for the holidays. One by one, sorority girls on campus are being killed by an unknown stalker but the killer is about to discover that this generation's young women aren't willing to become hapless victims as they mount a fight to the, a fight to the finish. Uh, It's the second remake of the 1974 Canadian film, black Christmas. There was a 2006 film that followed a group of sorority sisters who became targeted by an unknown stalker. Uh, This film, Stars uh, Imogen Poots, uh, Elise Shannon, Lily Donahue, Brittany O'Grady, Caleb Eberhardt, and Carrie Elwes. Uh, This one's produced by Jason Blum and directed by indie filmmaker Sophia Takal. yeah, I uh, I've never seen the original Black Christmas. The Me either. I didn't even film. know
4: there was an
1: original.
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently I was I was talking to uh, Kevin Shanks uh, today on uh, Twitter just a little bit, just small exchange, and uh, I said, you know, he's going to review this on his podcast, and I I was like, I've never, I've, maybe I'm at a disadvantage. I've never seen the original and uh, he told me that the original's on shutter so i'm going to have to check that out but um i uh i'm just going to come out and say i did not really like this movie i'm going to give it a low taste it i just felt like at the begin like the message at the beginning like i'm i'm all for it you know it's like yeah date rape is bad yeah but for a f- fucking movie like it felt like nothing was happening throughout this entire movie up until like the last 20 minutes i was ready for things to like ramp up and like i really wanted to have a sense of fear for like these characters but instead it's just like i mean i don't know i melissa maybe you had a different experience watching this one but like
4: yeah Uh, um yeah Go ahead. I did. I love this movie. I'm going to everywhere. I don't care. <laughs> um, I enjoyed watching this movie. Um, the themes and the PG-13 rating like really, really worked for me. Considering uh, like I personally don't like slasher movies, but who this movie was written for, um, the the screenwriter said that they, they wanted to get young people um, into this movie so that they can have like an entryway into the horror genre because not a lot of it is like catered to them, Um, but also, they said that they were worried that, like, they may get the R rating because of the, like, discussion and depiction of sexual assault, and they said that if they would have gotten an R rating, they would have leaned into that, so I'm kind of curious about what this movie would have looked like had it been rated R, because, like, they couldn't have kept the kills how they were. Um, But, yeah, like, uh, I know that people are upset with, like, how ham-fisted the themes are in this film, but I just want people to consider... Like, as aware adults, like, I think sometimes we take for granted the availability of this knowledge and, like, the... Like, how deeply ingrained, like, these things are in the oldest institutions. Like, not every young person has this knowledge available. And, like, I think horror is a genre that can support those, like, blatant, like, campy explanations of these things and, like, still be a fun time at the movies. So if the movie didn't work... For anyone for that reason. I just like want them to think about like this could be the first time someone has ever encountered any of this in the wild. And like, I think that's important. I definitely agree that it's not a perfect movie, but I personally loved
2: it. It was not and, like, fun. It, this was not a, like, I'm going, like, you're telling me this, like, and i get it like yeah the, like the message and all that stuff yeah but like that's not why i'm going to see this movie and like i, I yeah. and in and, and, and like at the end of the day like i'm i'm there because i want to see a slasher movie and yeah i, I get it like that you you're you're in there and like
4: <sighs> it was definitely slashery enough for me cuz i'm a little oh, baby
2: <laughs> i just i i just i just was just and it was so over the top with some of the stuff. It was just so over the top. Like, like, I. Cause, but if I talk about it, I get into spoilers. But if I talk about why I didn't like this fucking movie, I get into spoilers. Like, like a guy that's into the mystic arts and his whole reason for getting into the mystic arts is to keep women, knock women down. Like, like I don't know. It, it, I, I thought the whole but it's thing.
4: Like, it does kind of touch on like how ridiculous it is that people are hanging on to like those old ideas of like the founders of these like old universities and stuff like it's so ridiculous in this movie and it's so silly but people really believe that in real life that like men are should be lording over women and i like that it makes it seem it makes those ideas seem so ridiculous
2: it's just yeah it's just At the end of the day, at the end of the day, like, it's a great message, but it is not... You
4: do not like
1: this movie. (laughs) It is
2: not a good... This I did not go for this fucking movie. I just wanted to see a goddamn... Like, what the fuck happened to Scream? What the fuck happened to fucking I Know What You Did Last Summer? That's what the shit that I wanted to see. I didn't need to see this. I didn't need to see this. If you're going to call... I don't know. It was... I get it, man. I get it. Like, it's... I get the message. I just didn't want to see it in this fucking movie. Any other movie but <laughs> this fucking movie. Come on. Give me a fucking slasher movie with more action going on in it. Like this uh, – it, it was – like I thought this. I loved the song in it when they were singing, the girls were up singing that song. I thought – I laughed. I was laughing. It was funny. I thought that that was a cool moment. There was just so many moments where nothing was fucking happening. I never – I just, oh, God, low-tasted. I just did not like this one.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm I'm glad you loved it. I will
4: only be seeing PG-13 slashers from now
2: on. Oh, God. No, give me those fucking (laughs) R-rated slashers. Give it to me. I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, this this movie was exhausting. (laughs) It's an hour and a half, and I was like, Jesus Christ. This is exhausting. It was ridiculous. I couldn't know oh never again never again (laughs) um so let's see uh i went i saw i didn't go and see this one i watched this one on netflix six underground did either of you guys watch six underground
4: no i didn't realize it was out already
2: yeah it's on netflix um let's see i read this what's the synopsis here what's the best part of being dead It isn't escaping your boss, your ex, or even erasing your criminal record. The best part about being dead is the freedom. The freedom to fight the injustice and evil that lurk in our world without anyone or anything to slow you down or tell you no. Six Underground introduces a new kind of action hero. Six individuals from all around the globe, each the very best at what they do have been chosen not only for their skill but for a unique desire to delete their past to change the future. The team is brought together by an enigmatic leader uh, whose sole mission in life is to ensure that while he and his fellow operatives will never be remembered, their actions damn sure will. This one's directed by Michael Bay. Uh, it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. Uh, those guys are the uh, writers behind Deadpool and Zombieland. And this one stars, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Adria Arona, uh, Melanie, Melanie Laurent, Ben Hardy, uh, Corey Hawkins from, uh, Straight Out of Compton's in this one. Dave Franco makes an appearance in this one. Um, yeah, this is a Michael Bay movie on Netflix. And I am gonna just tell you that the first 20 fucking minutes of this movie, Is some of the most intense and amazing action I've seen in a film in a long fucking time. This is this movie goes complete Bayham within the first twenty fucking (laughs) minutes, dude. It is in fucking sane. I don't give a fuck what you and I don't give a fuck what you people think about Michael Bay as far as the Transformers movies and the whole and and then then you're gonna and don't even bring up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, fucker. He didn't even direct them. He was a fucking producer. Don't even fucking bring his name up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Joel Liebesmith directed those. If you don't like those fucking movies, blame Joel Levis. You don't blame a fucking executive producer on the fucking movie. Knock it off. Anyway. But Michael Bay, Michael Bay. This Jake, I'm telling you, twenty these these first twenty minutes, some of the funniest and best action I've seen all fucking year. Not even lying. There's a there's a scene. There's a scene. Dave Franco is kind of like the baby driver in this one. He's like he's like every. All the six have like their own skill. He's the driver. He's the baby driver of this fucking group. And he's awesome, man. It's like, it's like what he's like Beethoven on a piano. That's fucking Dave Franco behind this fucking car. And it is, it's incredible to watch him in this. And then he's, he's driving around trying not to, they're in Italy and Italy has never licked more Italian ever than in this fucking Michael Bay movie, man. It is, it is like all the fucking Italian things that you've ever thought about. Like, I don't know, pizzerias or whatever. I don't know. They had like, a, you know, people doing art in the street. You had like, I don't know, like a fucking, like a, a fruit truck driving by. Like all this fucking Italian shit's going on. I don't know. It was like an olive oil being splashed all over the place. It was crazy. So fucking Italian. All the things that are going on in this movie. But he's driving around, and they're they're driving around in the city, and um, you got fucking uh, Ryan Reynolds puts his head out the window, notices that they're getting real close to hitting uh, a woman holding a baby. And he's like, baby, baby, baby. And, like, the woman's running. (laughs) The woman's running. She gets out of the way of the car. And Michael Bay films a shot where a live pigeon (laughs) hits this woman in the head as she's running <laughs> and then after that like so he avoided the woman holding the baby but then there's like these two fucking dogs these two adorable puppies that he almost hits with the car and i'm at this point i know it's a joke and i'm laughing but like it is total michael bay like this movie is 100 percent michael bay um as far as, like, the action, the explosions, you've got the military involved, you've got this – it feels like a comic book um, as far as, like, this team. You know, Ryan Reynolds plays this billionaire who uh, holds these missions where they, they basically try to change things in the world that, you know, our government and other governments aren't doing anything about. There's this whole nation of Turkestan that – uh they're being led by basically like a, a a criminal that's ruling with an iron fist and and the people are suffering there and so they're trying to free this 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 guy has a brother who they want to bring into power and so they're trying to free him and liberate this 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 country and it's i mean it this is just classic michael bay shit like and but i'm telling you like the the, the dialogue it's 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 kind of it's it's kind of terrible at times, but Ryan Reynolds does have his moments where he does shine. The action in this is just spectacular though. It's really fucking good. It's really good. Like if you like the fast and furious shit, like I don't see like why you're not going to enjoy this. Cause it is the action. This is made. Yeah. This is made for 13 year old boys. Like if I, like I'm going to give this at the end of the day, I'm going to give it a taste it, but the action is an absolute Tupperware. Overall, the movie's a taste it, but the action's an absolute. I would watch this one. How does Michael Bay cast women in his movies, Jake? Do you think – I
3: I, want to ask that question.
2: I honestly think that he just throws darts at a Victoria's Secret catalog (laughs) and wherever they land, that's who he casts in these movies. It's – also, I don't think that there's a scene with laughing gas in this fucking, uh, movie where laughing gas is, um, uh, it's going all over the place and people just start laughing uncontrollably. Not everybody reacts. That's not how laughing gas works. <laughs> so I don't think Michael Bay understands how laugh. It's supposed to just kind of like calm you down, right?
0: It's not
3: like Joker gas. It's not. It's like, like the old cotton cartoon, Batman cartoons. You go you to know? the
2: dentist and it just like really relaxes you and calms you. Like you can laugh. I guess you can be silly on it. But like everybody that's in contact with this shit was just laughing hysterically the entire time. It was silly. Oh, there's a scene where Dave Franco is like driving that car and he like whips around and these two bad guys – Get in the way of the car and it hits them, they go flying up against a wall. There's another guy in this team, he's like a parkour expert and he's like fucking jumping around on shit, just flipping around like a fucking spider monkey the entire th- time. It's pretty cool, Jake.
3: Yeah, you've sold me on this. I, you know, <laughs> I love the old Michael Bay action. Yeah. Movies. I'm a huge fan of The Rock, I'm a huge fan of freaking Armageddon. Bad boys. And- B- Bad Boys 1 yeah. and Bad Boys 2, which I think yeah. is honestly even better than the first one, one of the rare yeah. sequels. And yeah, I, I you sold me on this. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is a great vehicle for Ryan Reynolds as well, and I need to see this. I mentioned
2: Victoria's Secret catalog. This is a true story. I'm not lying. I went out on a date with a manager of a Victoria's Secret once, and her last name, and I am not lying, her last name was Breast. <laughs> What? i am not lying that is 100 percent a true story
1: her
4: whole life she's like i have one goal
2: one goal to to manage a <laughs> victoria's secret i like it took the inner fortitude that it took for me not to laugh out loud when i fucking like when i fucking heard all this come together wow and i never even mentioned it on the date at all i wanted to so bad i wanted to have like a larry david moment where i like brought it like like she's never heard it before but i <laughs> i you know like i wanted to bring it up your last name is breast and you work at a victoria's secret you're a manager at a victoria's secret and your last name is breast
3: still haunts you to this day huh <laughs> it doesn't it's not
2: haunting <laughs> that I didn't bring it up, but on the flip, what are the chances? What are the cha- What are the chances? Huh? Right?
3: Pretty incredible. Uh, I, it can't. It can't. It can't be true. She made. She gave herself that name. I she feel got like the if job. I had
4: that last name, I would specifically do anything in my power to not become the manager a uh, Victoria. Oh Age. man, she's
2: like. She's like. Uh, what is she's She's the one in charge of giving people like mammograms on it, like an, you know, is, is that what they're called? <laughs> Is it where they do? That's
4: what they're called, but they don't happen at Victoria's Secret. No. <laughs> or they should it. If that has happened, she would have. Been-
2: <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm trying to tell you, like what, what, like what other, what other profession she would have had if it hadn't been that, right?
3: Oh, I got you. I got you with the last name Brass.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, or like, or like, she was like a.
3: She works at KFC.
2: KFC, the chicken breast. I was gonna go there. I was gonna go like she works in a fucking like buffet or something like that, and she's the lady that cuts like the chicken breast at the fucking hometown buffet. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: she, she, she's, she's an exotic dancer. That's another option, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right on the nose. She she works at Hooters. <laughs>
4: They just did their last name on the name
2: tags. <laughs> her, but see, her name it wasn't spelled B R E A S T. There was mm-hmm. no, there was no A in her last name. It was just breast. Mm-hmm. But it was it was fun only. It, it was still like it was still her name was breast. She worked at a goddamn Victoria's Secret. <laughs> She's way too serious about her job too. She talked way too much about her job. I, I think that's why I didn't want another date with her. Jesus Christ. You're you, you, you full uh, Brazier's lady. <laughs> I don't, I, really? Yeah, I, no, no, yeah, we're not getting a second date. This ain't happening.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry. All right, let's jump into that. Let's jump into. I the- wish I had more material for the uh, last name breast woman. It's, it
2: should write itself, Jake. <laughs> I know. It's
3: I know sh- it sounds good in theory.
2: You should have been training your whole life for this one fucking moment.
3: <laughs> oh Jesus, this is terrible. I failed.
2: I think she ended up getting with uh, a guy, and his name was John Boobs. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she refused to take his last name she thought it was ridiculous yeah
2: yeah. so yeah so she she, she went with her ex-husband's last name he was Daryl Titties so <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I told her I told her my name was Brian Ariola. so that was that was odd anyway
1: <laughs> Eventually,
3: yeah, jokes D- did come.
1: Daryl tit- Daryl titties. <laughs> Jeez,
3: I thought I was on the
2: nose. Oh man, yeah. I- yeah, I went for it, Jake. I- <laughs> <laughs> Jake's like, I can't believe he's going. He went there. Wow, I'm a- I'm a risk taker, Jake. It paid off. I, it did. It did. Risk and reward. It did. Anyway, let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news.
0: Hear yeah, ye, hear ye! Yeah, yeah, read all about it. It's the leftover news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo! It's gangster as fuck, yo! All
2: right, quick news. I got uh, John Wick four and The Matrix four, both starring Keanu Reeves, will rela- release on the same day. May 21st, 2021. Keanu Reeves is going to be competing against himself that weekend.
3: Yeah, I've seen this making the rounds. Lots of fans are already referring to it as Keanu Reeves Day. Um, <laughs> there's no way this is going to hold, though. This feels like fake fucking news to me.
4: That's what I was thinking. It's so far out. One of those movies is going to be moved.
2: I don't know. I. Uh, Matrix 4 and John Wick 4. You would think that one of them would be moved, but what if they
3: don't?
4: They're not the same studio, are they?
3: No. No, no, they're not, but it's still. So now
4: it's a game of chicken. Who moves their Keanu movie?
2: (laughs) Well, John Wick 4 announced it first.
4: Well, there you go. They called dibs.
3: I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. But I, I really do think it's another case of like at one point fucking Captain America and Justice League were coming out at the same time or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck.
2: It was, yeah. It was one and of those, yeah.
3: This seems even more ridiculous than that. There there's just no way this is gonna hold water. I, I think out of respect for Keanu Reeves himself, they'll move one of these. You'd think like,
2: I, I, he, he like how happy
4: Keanu. On can the he other be? hand, it would be a fun double feature. But most people, like, a normal person doesn't do that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, most people are choosing one or the other if they're going to see a movie tonight.
2: Yeah, if I'm seeing one, I'm seeing John Wick 4.
3: (laughs) Like, oh, I have to see the train wreck that is Matrix 4. I'm I'm seeing one.
2: I'm seeing John Wick 4.
3: I'm putting my seatbelt on, and I'm watching what they're going to do to try to salvage this fucking burning pile. Oh, man,
2: it's not even a question with me. It's it's John Wick 4. (laughs) Like, I want to see a good movie.
3: <laughs> oh man, I want to see Trinity almost die or die for the fourth time.
2: This is like this is like fucking Rambo Four and Rocky Four both being released on the same weekend. Like if that would ever have happened, you know? Like,
3: yeah, I feel like it's free. Pr- they, they already know this is not happening, and this is fake news to generate free advertisement for both movies. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That definitely could be part of it.
3: That's what my gut tells me is happening here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. Jason Bateman's working on a new film. This comes from Dark Horizons. Uh Jason Bateman has been set to direct Shut In, a contained thriller feature by first-time scribe Melanie Toast, which New Line acquired earlier this fall.
3: Uh, she used to be a baker. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> she used to work at the uh the general mills and make cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> oh
3: man she wouldn't shut up on dates about working at that fucking general oh mills place.
2: oh my god yeah we get it yeah yeah <laughs> you smell like cinnamon right now i get it christ i gotta listen oh god it was terrible it's Like you manage a fucking victoria's secret like well, I can't. Uh, <laughs> let's keep it a secret. I don't need to hear about it the entire goddamn day.
3: <laughs> it wasn't a very secret.
2: No shit. That's all she would fucking talk about. She acted like she was working for. Like she was. I don't know. She acted like she was curing cancer over there. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway. Um, yeah, Bateman, who recently won an Emmy for his directing work on Ozark, will shoot this as his next project with filming to begin in early 2020. The story follows a single mother who's was held captive by her violent ex with her two young children uh, are left at risk. Uh, she must do everything to protect them and survive. So this is, uh, it's putting, uh, I don't know, it's putting a halt on, uh, on Clue. He was going to be developing that new uh, Clue movie with Ryan Reynolds. So that, that film, they're, they're saying it's still alive but Bateman couldn't make it work with his Ozark schedule and they say that uh, Shutterton is a much quicker and easier project that better fits his schedule. So, I don't know. I I've been impressed by Bateman as uh as a director maybe, but I don't know about this one. This just doesn't seem like it's uh th- th- you know what I mean? This just seems like I like I've seen this movie before.
4: And he's not in it, which takes some of the excitement out for me because most of the stuff that – I, I think all of the stuff that he's directed so far has been thinking about directing, he's also starred in.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I that's, really, that's your-
4: really like to watch him act, so that takes my my excitement down a little bit.
2: Yeah, he's going to be in that HBO show, The Outsider.
4: Yeah, so excited about yeah. that. And he's directing some of those episodes as well.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I've seen this story a million times.
4: Mm-hmm. Sing,
2: single mother who is held captive. Like, maybe... it like, there's like, like a Lifetime movie about that every weekend, right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> there's something on right now I'm watching. Yeah.
4: <laughs> maybe he has like some, I guess, like directorial language that we haven't seen yet. So like, I'm wondering if we see this movie and he's not in it, you'd still be able to tell like... Oh, this has like the Jason Bateman touch on it, or if it'll just feel—you like, know. know—same the
2: don't same know. generic
4: movie we've already seen.
2: I don't—I don't know. If J- I love Jason Bateman. I love him. I don't know if he's going to be like the second coming of Jordan Peele. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: I actually like you know personally. I think he worked on that movie. I can't remember the name of the movie. Joel Edgerton. That directed, uh, The gift. gift? I think it was The Gift. I loved that movie. I thought that that <laughs> movie was incredible. And I just, I don't know. I, I, and I think Ozark's great. We'll, we'll see. I just don't, I, I think the story doesn't, like, excite me either. Like, there, a single mother who's held captive by her violent acts with her two young kids there. It's, it's, okay, yeah. Like, so many things, so many fucking movies have been made like that. First off, you know, like, um, uh, the woman and the crazy, the crazy man who's wanting to like, yeah, you're not gonna leave me. I'll kill you if you ever leave me. <laughs> <laughs> and then not only do you have to worry about, you know, like, um, you know, the safety of the woman, but now you're worried about, oh, the kids. Now you're worried about the kids and the, and the kids are like hiding in the house. You know what I mean? They find like a hiding spot. They're under the bed and he's walking in. They see the shoes. They see oh, that's the feet. Happening. They see, and then he looks under the bed. He looks under the bed, but you know what? And we think the kid's going to be there. Kid's not there. Kid moved. Kid moved. Kid's fine.
4: Kid is holding himself up in the bed frame so he can't be seen with his hands and feet.
3: Yeah. Oh, how dramatic. Yeah.
4: Yes. A very surprising way for a child to survive.
2: <laughs> is uh, Netflix. Netflix is developing documentary series about America's most haunted locations.
3: Cool. Yeah, yeah. That could be. That could could be cool. cool. Ghost stories are huge on cable TV, so I don't blame Netflix for tapping into that market. It's
2: coming from Ron Howard and Brian Grazer's Imagine Entertainment, and it's set to be directed by Joe Berlinger. Berlinger is also the director behind the previously mentioned "Conversations with a Killer: The Ted Bundy Tapes." Um, this news comes from ComicBook.com. So, yeah, it's uh it's not clear exactly which locations are in mind for the series, but there's n- likely no shortages of places. The series could visit and dig into, and while many of those locations have been the subject of other investigations into the creepy and paranormal, it will be interesting to see which locations the series chooses to dig into. Especially if the series opts to explore lesser-known haunted places. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. This this will be cool. Like, hey, wasn't Netflix supposed to give us like new unsolved mysteries episodes? When that's supposed to happen? I thought
3: that was a thing. I yeah. and maybe that's still coming.
2: Maybe it's still coming I don't know I haven't heard nothing I wouldn't want to host it Every host of that show dies
3: hmm. Is that true? Every fucking host? Robert Stack's dead He was old though mm, Everyone dies eventually Who was the other guy? The other guy was like in
2: Goodfellas Oh the, really? They had the second host that they had He came back I didn't
3: know there was a second host He must have died real quick
2: Yeah they had a second host What was his name? I can't remember. I don't have my phone on me. I don't want to. Where's our Jamie?
3: Yeah, we need to get on We're that. we 2020
2: that? can't come quick. 2020, enough. I need to have a do with a Jamie. I, I, I have a, I have a feeling like some of these Jamies are going to suck.
3: Oh, I sure <laughs> <is. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, That'll that? be fun in its own way, though.
2: Hold on. I got to find out who the fuck is... Who is that second host of the... Let uh, me go here, uh... Hey, you got a google you're
3: not thinking of family feud
2: <laughs> no i'm not thinking of family feud don't d- d- how dare you how dare you sir <laughs> yeah, how, dare you. how dare you how dare you doubt me if, <laughs> he played like a, a gangster in goodfellas i believe um let's see here oh my god uh unsolved mysteries i'm going there right now what was his name unsolved this is sorry people this is driving me crazy I gotta find out who this was. Unsolved mystery. Who's that second host? Come here, Dennis Farina.
1: Dennis Farina.
3: Okay, I kind of remember him.
2: Dennis Farina was he in good? He was a get shorty. (laughs) Close enough. Close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Tomato tomato. Tomato tomato. He, was, he, was a good, he wasn't a good fellas. No, he wasn't a good. Was no, so. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he was get shorty. he wasn't get shorty. Dennis Farina, and then he he died. He's dead.
3: Yeah, we need, we need to bring that show back. I thought I, that would be great. Maybe that's why they Netflix didn't do it because they couldn't find a house No one wanted to. No, to they're
2: like, the oh, curse. Oh, oh, the unsolved mysteries curse.
3: Yeah, not her uh.
2: That's a death sentence. I'm not doing that show I'll end up dead Ah, Dennis Farina Ah, I was
3: sad when he died oh man one of my worst days
1: (laughs) shut up (laughs) 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 do you
2: remember where you were that you heard Dennis Farina died Jake
3: oh man I was driving home (laughs) and it was already raining
2: (laughs) Jake just just lost control of the wheel (laughs) Ran right, in, ran right into a pole.
1: <laughs> I just kind of
3: had to pull over, man. Just collect myself for a good 20 minutes.
2: Jake was just happy that the airbag was released so he could use it to cry into. This is fucked up, man. Why are we doing this to this this guy? He died, dude. That sucked.
3: <laughs> this is pro- sadly. This is probably one of the best memorials he's gotten.
2: No, stop it! It's <laughs> not Dennis Farina. Got to be up there. I'm gonna pour one out for my boy Dennis Farina. Anyway, he died six years ago. Don't act like you're all offended now. You didn't even care then, people. Oh, I'm not offended at no, all. I'm talking. To, I'm talking to the listeners out there. Some somebody from the Dennis Farina fan clubs listening.
3: To <laughs> the unsolved mystery groupies. Yeah. yeah,
2: Jesus Christ! I don't know what was this. Am I going to read that story? Oh no! Fuck it! HBO Max is wanting to do a uh, a vacation show.
3: Oh, I saw this. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. They can do that on the cheap.
2: Yeah. Whatever. he's right. ready. Moving to Marvel news.
3: Yes, yes. After that vacation story, very much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, who's, they're not casting in that in that vacation. Is uh, Dennis Farina?
3: No, he no, died. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably
4: <laughs> hologram.
3: Yeah, I think he's just as screwed as that male lead from Aladdin. They're both like on the same trajectory, right? Just oh like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So one, one, one's still actually breathing. Can work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Wild world
2: we live in, you know, it's weird. Um, let's move on into Marvel news. news. All right. Yeah, Dark Horizons had an article. <laughs> what? <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> just, All right. Just,
2: yeah, just the the lack of. Uh, I don't know. It's almost like I don't care, isn't it, Jake?
3: <laughs> yeah, Am- I, I, I was not expecting that uh, comeback. For me, it's just. Be super quiet until Brian says something, because I don't want to talk through the buffer. I yeah. was a little bit taken aback by yeah. all that quiet, and then, all right.
2: Yeah, I don't know. News giggles. News here from Dark Horizons. Uh, it was inevitable, and now it's official. Marvel Television will be officially folded into Marvel Studios. Marvel Television chief Jeff Loeb will stay on during the consol the, uh, during the consolidation of the previously separate divisions, while current marvel tv senior vp current programming and production kareem Zrik and his team members will join marvel studios jeff Phobe is gone. um yeah uh with so many cancellations of its series in recent years the only projects left at marvel are its proposed slate of hulu animated comedies and the live action drama hellstrom all are expected to survive the transition but a couple of dozen employees will be let go from the company basically um
3: i mean i don't know man i man, I, I forget about <laughs> those animated comedies like every six months until you bring them up again in some story
2: yeah there's the modoc there's the, the howard the duck stuff howard the duck yeah i think like sounds like the Tigra and dazzler thing is done but um from news that i've read but here you know this is one of those things like When this news was first announced that, like, you know, Netflix is done with they're canceling all the Marvel shows, like, I was getting on here. Jake, we were – you were getting on here. We were saying, like, it sounds like these shows are done. They're done. And everybody's like, oh, everything's just going to go over to Hulu. We're going to get Daredevil and uh, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. They're all going to go over to Hulu. And they were they were saying it like that in that voice, which was weird.
3: Yeah, they're all gonna go. We were like, like, "Shut up, Clint <laughs> Eastwood! That ain't happening. That
2: ain't gonna happen. Why? They're not gonna go to Hulu. Like, I was just, <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. I was just like, it's like, why the? I don't know. And like, you've got all these actors taking these other jobs. You got, you know, Mike Coulter on on Evil. You've got the girl that plays Misty Night doing like her own network show. You've got all these people like going off and doing like even uh, what's his name fucking the Iron Fist kid you know he's he's doing his own thing. They're all going on to different projects and like people you're still going to tell me that they're going to fucking come back and do these shows on Hulu. I'm like what the fuck. Yeah. I I didn't want them to end either. It's not like I wanted them to end. Yeah, but, like, no,
3: no. It was a hard truth, but you could you had to be a realist about it.
2: Yeah, and so this is just this is just more proof that these shows are dead that. Um, everything as far as like Marvel TV that's going to be coming out, even Runaways got canceled. Like all this stuff, it's all getting canceled. It's all they're all and they're ending it all. All this Marvel TV is going to be controlled by Kevin Feige, and it's all going to be going to Disney Plus. That's like at the end of the day, that's where we're going to get all, most of our Marvel content, except for maybe some animated stuff might sh- still show up on Disney. But yeah, it's over.
3: Yeah, not surprising. I mean, we kind of knew with the Disney Plus stuff and what they were planning on doing with actually having TV series that tie into the main MCU, that that would probably be the death knell for this stuff, and it, it it has been.
2: Yeah, but but, but what about? Uh, there's still going to be somebody out there like uh, Billy Fucknuts that's going to tell you that oh, uh, Charlie Cox, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna uh, Charlie Cox, they're gonna cast him as Daredevil. He's going to be in a, a Disney Plus Daredevil series. Oh, uh, uh, What did I name that guy? Billy Fucknuts? Billy, you're a fucking moron. That's not happening.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're still going to get the, you know, we've got this coverage of the universe telling you stuff about how Daredevil's going to be showing up in the next phase of the MCU and, you know, all these different theories about where they're going to, you know, air the new series. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's just pipe dreams yeah. and clickbait. I-
2: yeah. I honestly like we probably will see Daredevil pop up again in some other form. Oh, I agree. But um not not Charlie Cox's Daredevil people. So um and listen to this. Did you get, did you hear Kevin Feige's comments about Marvel T V at CCXP?
3: No, no, I b I, I don't believe I did. It's dude, it's kind it's
2: He goes, after Endgame, thinking, what can we do next? Disney Plus is going to give us this opportunity to tell even deeper stories with characters you already know and love in a new type of cinematic way that we haven't done before. We've already started shooting two of them, and they're very, very special. And it all—listen to this—and it all, for the first time, will interlink. So the MCU will be on your TV screen at home on Disney Plus and interconnect with the movies and go back and forth— it's exciting to expand the MCU into even bigger and better heights. He said, and it all for the first time will interlink basically saying
3: a big old shit on shield.
2: huge shit on shield, huge shit on 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 the Marvel Netflix stuff, and a huge shit. he basically just fucking took a dump in Jeff Loeb's mouth <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like right.
3: Yeah, 100%. A big Steven dump in his mouth. Yeah,
2: he was like... He fucking... Yeah, like, soft serve right in your fucking mouth there,
3: Jeff Holt. Wow.
2: Kevin Feige soft serve. Jeez. Yeah, I hope you're into this kind of thing, Jeff. If you're not, you're still getting it. Yeah, man. It, it, I Man, when... I, when I read that quote, and it all for the first time will interlink, that's... Man. Oh, you got... Dude, that's basically... When
3: you read it, I hit mute and like,
2: damn. <laughs> I know. Because, like, it was suppo- <laughs> This whole thing was supposed to be, like... You know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be that show. And Iron Fist, Daredevil, Luke Cage, all of them were supposed to interlink with the MCU. But it was a one-sided relationship. It was never that the movies were affected by anything that happened into those shows. It was basically those shows were affected by what happened in the MCU. It was never a proper relationship between... And and that all really comes down to the relationship between Marvel TV and, and Marvel Studios. And it all comes down to the relationship between Jeff Loeb and Kevin Feige. Like, those two just weren't seen eye to eye. That's why... Marvel TV's being dissolved, Kevin Feige's in control of everything, and now everything will, as Kevin Feige says, it'll all interlink for the first time. So, yeah, it's
4: Do you think somebody at Marvel was like, "Come on, man. Like you didn't have to say it like that. We just fired the guy." I
2: think I think I think people at Marvel were thinking that. Some people at Marvel were thinking that and I I guarantee you, a lot of the fans when they first read that were like, oh my god. Because like, you know, I, I'll i be honest with you. Like, I loved that, that, that fucking first season of Daredevil. <laughs> Holy fuck. And Daredevil season three, just as amazing, in my opinion. Like, there was some great stuff that came out of the Netflix uh, Marvel stuff. Jessica Jones, that first season was fantastic. And I, I love The Runaways. I think The Runaways is great. It's just... It's it's one of those things where with this new streaming service and now that they have the ability to do this 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 decision makes sense. It makes sense that they that they're doing this. It's just uh made, yeah. Yeah. Fine. I think we
4: all saw this coming, but maybe we didn't expect such
2: like Oh man. Yeah.
4: A blatant uh shit in the mouth as you say. <laughs>
2: he didn't have to say it that way he, did it. he didn't he didn't but he, he chose to say mean. it <laughs> and it all for the first time will interlink like whoa whoa i thought that that was the deal from day one with some of those series not the case not the case i
3: thought that was the whole fucking like you know mission statement behind agents of SHIELD. <laughs>
2: totally totally it, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was basically just, I don't know, picking up the scraps of the MCU, like what was happening in those movies. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's cr- And, like, yeah, oh, it's crazy. Uh, speaking at Brazil's, uh, this comes from gamesradar.com. Speaking at Brazil's Comic Con experience, uh, president of Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige, revealed which 2021 movie will affect the entire MCU in a big way and how the multiverse ties into that during an interview with Brazilian outlet omelet like they have an outlet okay. named after uh in way we eat eggs
0: what's
3: that <laughs> a, what is that about dude sounds sounds right <laughs>
4: what <laughs> what do <laughs> you delicious food checks out
3: yeah i like my news in the morning okay all right okay
2: brazilian outlet omelet Feige outlined how important the multiverse is, and how important breakfast is as the first meal of the day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the idea that there are infinite universes, ones that could potentially cross over to the MCU, the multiverse is the. Ne- he's this is his quote: "The multiverse is the next step in the ev- evolution of the MCU, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to crack it wide open in ways that will have repercussions." Feige adds that it will directly influence. Disney Plus shows just before it and movies just after it in a big fun way. Fans of the MCU telling us we want to see more, we want to go to new places, we want to see new things has made us be bold enough to go crazy with the multiverse. Yeah, so it looks like 2020. Not a
3: shocking answer, but nonetheless Hmm. an exciting answer
2: yeah i think so like what are we gonna see like that's it's a bold statement like you know that we're gonna see crazy fucking things going on like i mean where that's what i want to know like where are we gonna go after fucking endgame with all this shit
3: you know it's a very good question yeah
2: um Kevin Feige was talking about uh, Black Widow with uh, IGN, and um, according this is uh, according to uh, Marvel's chief creative officer Kevin Feige, Black Widow will explore parts of Natasha Romanoff's past that will make viewers see certain events from Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame in a new light. That's interesting. At Brazil Comic Con, IGN Brazil asked Feige when he and his team decided to put Black Widow between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War instead of possibly being a prequel for the first Avengers or something similar. And he goes on to say, it was about four years ago as we were working on Infinity War and Endgame at the same time. We knew that we wanted to bring her story to a conclusion in the most heroic way possible in Endgame but also that we wanted to explore a part of her life that we hadn't seen before. It occurred to us that we had seen her adventures in the Avengers movies, but a lot of stuff happened in between those movies that we never saw. We didn't hear about, we didn't learn about. And with that, we wanted to do a movie with Scarlett Johansson because she is Natasha Romanoff and do, and not do a story with a younger black widow for the whole film. And then he goes on to, uh, talk about, How her actions, yeah, he revealed a big aspect of Black Widow will be altering the way many around the world view Romanoff's actions in both Infinity War and Endgame. He says, but we had this thought of exploring a little bit of her past that we hadn't seen before and how that impacts the adventure she had between Civil War and Infinity War. And in fact, there are things that she does in Infinity War and Endgame that you'll see in a new light once you see the Black Widow. So I don't, I don't know.
4: I sometimes I feel like that kind of goes without saying. Like if we see the this, this movie that happens in between.
2: Oh, you like were you were cutting out.
4: Ha- you know, she'll. Ha- hmm?
2: You're cutting out like in and out.
4: Oh, sorry. It's fine. Uh, am I better now?
1: <laughs> a
2: little. <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> sorry. I
4: was just saying that I feel like those comments kind of go without saying because if we get like deeper characterization of her be- before those movies, then obviously her actions in those movies are going to have a deeper meaning.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't...
4: And I also feel like Um, the trailer makes it seem like we're going to see more about her actual past and, and like, becoming Black Widow as well. So I feel like everything she's done in the MCU is going to have more meaning and like a quote unquote new light to it
2: yeah i think this movie i think we're going to learn a lot more about i think we're definitely going to learn about a lot more about like her time with the kgb and the red room and stuff like that we're not going to go back i don't think we're going to go as far back and i could be wrong we've got flashbacks of like some of that stuff within like age of ultron but i think we're gonna we're gonna hear a lot more i think through You know, conversations that she's having with Yelena Belova and, um, you know, some of these other characters about, like, her time with the KGB and her time training in the Red Room and stuff like that. I don't know if they're actually going to show us flashbacks of that stuff. But I do. So
4: we'll hear, like, her feelings and stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I think that that stuff will slowly come out within the movie. We'll hear, and they might even tease more stuff. They might even, like, I don't know if this is gonna be the last Black Widow movie that we see. Like, I've heard that they had plans on maybe even doing, you know, other Black Widow films. We'll see do you about that. I think
4: that sequels would be, Natasha Romanoff, or would they be, like, Florence Pugh's character?
2: Uh, If you would have asked me that same question yesterday, I would have told you that sequels probably would have been... That that sequels possibly could have been Yelena Belova. I I think that any sequels going forward would be Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff. But...
4: Interesting.
2: But... I also would have told you that there's a chance that we could have got a sequel with Yelena Belova with Florence Pugh. But this is what Florence Pugh actually said. I got this from comicbook.com. She was actually talking to UpRocks, And they say Natasha Romanoff hasn't been the only Black Widow in the Marvel Comics world. There's also been Yelena Belova amongst others. Coincidentally enough, both Romanoff and Bolova will be appearing in Marvel studios, black widow standalone next summer, though you shouldn't expect a formal passing of the torch on the press tour for little women. Pew told UpRocks The consensus on set was far from making a movie about handing a superhero mantle from one character to uh, one character to another. She says, no, I actually will say when we were making it, it wasn't anything like that at all. And I am saying it very honestly. It certainly didn't feel like a passing of the torch kind of film when we were making it. And I think the direction and the feeling and the vibe behind it was genuinely just trying to make this complicated and painful story and do it justice because a lot of fans have been waiting for her film. And a lot of people, I think, will appreciate this story. So she's basically saying, like, no, this is not a handing of the torch. Like, I'm not going to be the, you know, as far as I know, I'm not going to be, like, the future Black right. Widow going for. forward. Now, that, could that be bullshit? 100%. You know?
4: And but- I love Florence Pugh. And so that's where I was coming from. Like, I really want Florence Pugh in the MCU. Um, but thinking about, like, how...
2: Oh, you are cutting out like a mofo.
4: The standalone movie.
2: (sighs) Yeah, you're cutting out like a mofo. Let's take a pause. Let's take a pause. Okay, we're gonna take a pause.
1: Okay. (laughs) Hold on. Wait, she sounds okay. This
2: is fucked up. Jake, was she cutting out like a mofo there?
3: Yeah, it was bad again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Hold on.
0: We'll take a break here. Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying, holy shit, that freckled face fucker was right. Anyway, the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link. What that means is when you click on the link from their website, it helps the show. It doesn't charge you extra at all. You just shop like you regularly would And Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth.
2: All right, yeah, we're back, Melissa. You should be good. Um, you what? You had some thoughts there. What What were you saying? What were your thoughts?
4: Oh. Yeah, um, just about how thirsty I am for Florence Feud to be a huge part of the MCU because I love her. But then when you were talking about um, her comments on how long fans have been waiting for this Black Widow movie, I got to thinking that if this whole movie was uh, um, geared towards passing the torch, how that would be like giving the Black Widow the shaft again (laughs) like scarlett johansson waited 22 movies to get her own movie and then the point of that movie was to set up a different character like that would be a bummer so i am glad and i hope that this is true that that's not what this movie is
2: i i think i think it all kind of (sighs) like i think it all depends on like how fans view her character in this movie is what they're going to do with her in the future how long how long do you think it'll take before she loses the
3: accent Florence? Yeah, uh, like think or, of, by the next yeah, I, by the next movie appearance.
4: Totally thought, thought yeah. that. And then, like, I've been watching The Americans, so apparently Russians are super good at just perfect American accents. So it's like not even a thing.
2: Well, think about Scarlet Witch. What happened to hers? Oh Isn't yeah, she, totally like, disappeared in
4: hiding or something. <laughs>
2: Go back and watch Avengers Age of Ultron. Thick accent, and then it's gone. It's gone. I mean, it's just gone by the time we're at fucking Infinity War. It's just gone. She's got no accent. (laughs) By the time we get, what happened? Where's the, where's the, where's my Unsolved Mysteries uh, story about that on Netflix? (laughs) Jesus. Anyway, let's move on into DC news. Um. DC Entertainment, this is Dark Horizons uh, It appears DC Entertainment are looking Into ways to expand Diana's world And they're talking about uh, Wonder Woman With talk of a spinoff Focusing on her Amazonian home of Themyscira Brazilian journalist Miguel Morales first revealed the news On Twitter saying director Patty Jenkins Confirmed the studio is defe- Developing a movie focused on the Amazons Jenkins will not direct But it will executive produce Is this fucking true? Is this fucking true Jake cuz like I heard no other outlets reporting on this.
3: Hmm, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the new Wonder Woman movie is a big hit. This is the perfect place to mine additional stories, I think in the, you know, in the in between.
2: I read about this first on Reddit and then I read about it on like one of these fucking sites that you know, doesn't have reliable news and then dark horizons reported on it and it's like but none of the bigger sites like Collider, you know collider or slash film i don't think like they reported on this at all which is you know i know we're getting a spinoff for the aquaman movie with the trench but it'll be interesting if we get a Themyscira, see like movie a spinoff movie about Themyscira. Coming out of this,
3: yeah, I could see it. I, I could very much see it. You know, it's something that they could easily do while they gear up for Wonder Woman three to you know keep the franchise alive. Yeah, I don't know
2: who they, uh, they who they cast in that. Are they just going to keep with uh, Robin Wright and some of those that were, the uh, you know the uh, Amazon Amazonian women in the
3: in the Wonder Woman film? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you bring Street, Steve Trevor back in that movie too.
2: Why not? just throw him in there fuck it man they can kill him again right that'd be a good opportunity to kill him
3: exactly you cannot miss that
1: opportunity
2: no no you gotta strike while the iron's hot maybe kill him with a hot iron in that one
3: (laughs) not the worst idea
2: you know speaking of hot irons just kill him with a hot iron (laughs) you know why not
3: Snyder Cut News getting weird this week Oh, yeah, yeah. After all that talk about Henry Cavill, it kind of kind of took a weird turn.
2: Snyder Cut getting really weird this week. Uh, this news comes from the playlist. Speaking to Polygon, writer Chris Terrio, this is weird. I read this at multiple outlets. He's currently promoting a Star Wars film, and uh, he was asked about the uh, Snyder Cut, and... Um, while he tried his best to avoid giving an answer, the writer ended up hinting at something that is likely going to sound the alarms at hashtag release of Snyder cut HQ. Um, He says, uh, and I have thoughts about the Snyder cut of justice league. I do have them, but I won't talk about it right now. We'll have a date in a couple of months and we'll talk about it then because, you know, that is a really interesting topic that I have not spoken about yet. So he's basically Chris Terrio saying, yeah, I've got thoughts. I got thoughts <laughs> about the Snyder Cut, but I can't say anything right now. And he promises, he's promising that in the next couple of months, he will come out and give his thoughts about the Snyder Cut. This week, Zack Snyder just keeps releasing more and more pictures from the Snyder Cut. More and more. Pictures. Yeah,
3: are you going to talk about the Superman picture that he put up? There? Well, yeah,
2: he put up the picture of the of the Superman in the black suit. Yeah, um, I
3: thought that was really cool too. Like it was a really cool design that they were going to do.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, dude, I and I have honestly, I went back and after that picture was put up, I went to Reddit. Like, what are people on Reddit saying about this? And they had linked an old. Reddit post from a guy that had seen like screeners. He had seen a screener of Wonder Woman before it came out. He had seen a screener of uh, Batman v. Superman before that movie came out. And apparently, this guy saw an early screener of Justice League. And um, I actually have the post somewhere. I don't have it pulled up right now. But in the, in there, in that post, he talked about, and he got, he nailed it. He nailed the Batman V Superman stuff. He nailed it all. He it, talking about how like Doomsday kills uh Superman and all this stuff. And then he nailed the, a lot of the Wonder Woman stuff, but he talked about Justice League. And he says that, he says that Steppenwolf goes back to Darkseid and uh Darkseid's upset with him and kills him. And the... What he saw was just, it was very unfinished. And so the guy playing Darkseid, it wasn't completed effects at all. It was basically guy in like a mocap suit with like the ping pong balls on it and shit. But it's like, dude, it, it, this, this Snyder cut sounds like a completely different cut of the movie. And like in another interview, uh, with Uprox Stereo was talking about this again. He says, the thing is I can't really speak to it at this moment, but I promise that I will talk to you about that very thing at some point after this film. And then there was, there was more, um, who was it? The cinematographer. Listen to this. This blew me the fuck away. This is, this is like, they are just throwing fuel on the Snyder cut fire. (laughs) This is Jake. I kind of love it. Um, The the cinematographer that worked with the filmmaker on the original shoot of Justice League, Fabian Wagner, was recently speaking and was asked about this unseen version of the film. During his discussion via Twitter, Wagner broke down the schedule for how much of the film was reshot and revealed that he estimated that only maybe 10% of what was shot with Snyder made it into the finished Justice League.
3: What the fuck? That's crazy. That almost makes me want to rewatch Justice League and play the pick the two scenes from the movie that Snyder actually will keep. You know, like that's just crazy. What is going on?
2: Well, this says it says obviously that doesn't mean that Joss Whedon reimagined 90 percent of the film as there could have been alternate dialogue from existing scenes added that required uh, whole Snyder scenes be redone. But even if the amount of new footage is remotely near that 90 percent mark, 60 percent even, then we're talking a very different version of the film. All that to say, if a Snyder cut is released, it is likely going to be very different than what we saw in 2017. And perhaps 2020 will bring some serious news about the at That film's future is oh, Hash- God. this is, <laughs> this is, yeah, it's going
3: it to be getting so much <laughs> momentum. I I'm, I'm honestly shocked at this point. <laughs> two
2: years now, two years now, Jake, this has been going on. Two it's years. So we're, we get, die. we're getting it. We're getting. I don't know. I. I honestly am still kind of like um, thinking to myself, like if Warner Brothers would have to put money into this to finish it, number one. Um, and then it's like if the movie does come out and it's better received than what they put out. That doesn't help them at all. That makes things worse. I feel
4: like this would be a dangerous precedent.
2: Yes. Yes.
4: If you oh, bitch oh, online definitely. for two years, you can get whatever you want. I don't know about it. I, I
3: Sonic the Hedgehog already set this precedent. Yeah, but yeah, the movie hadn't true, come out. It
4: feels different because that movie wasn't out yet, right?
3: Yeah, the yeah, movie's not true, out. We and did it, I mean it, And it, it's just a character
2: it redesign. Was done. It's it's just yeah. a character redesign. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that, that the the company that did yes. the redesign on Sonic the Hedgehog has already been kind of like disbanded? Like they fired them or something? Like the whole company just shut down?
3: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. actually sad. That's fucked I'm up. I'm going to
4: be really bummed when people don't even show up to see that fucking movie in theaters. Like they were bitching just a bitch and they really don't give a shit.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, And I think they did a great job on the redesign and we're totally different topic now, but they really did go back to the drawing board and make it way better.
2: (sighs) Snyder cut, man. Snyder cut. I don't Jake, even if the fucking Snyder cut does come out, there was another movie to be released. That was going to be the finale of Snyder's whole vision. And we'll never get that fucking movie. It just doesn't make sense to release the Snyder cut.
4: Yeah. It's it's like, what's the point?
3: It's crazy. I'll tell you one prediction about the Snyder Cut. It's going to take me three sittings to watch it.
2: I'll tell you. No, I will watch it in one sitting. I am dying. If they ever fucking release it, I fucking. I don't care how they release it. I'll fucking, I'll, I'll VOD it. I'll get HBO Max. It doesn't matter. I'm watching the Snyder Cut. I gotta see it, this. It, it,
3: it feels like it's gonna happen. It really does to me at this point. I, <laughs> I, three I months ago, I would have told you no way, never. But now I'm I'm a convert. I believe it. it's going #Hashtag Release the Snyder Cut. I,
2: I, <laughs> I, dude, I'm I'm still in this. I'm I'm still in this place of I want to see the Snyder Cut. Do I think Warner Brothers is going to release it? No. Insiders are saying, you know, Warner Brothers insiders that you know Variety has talked to is saying that they have no plans on releasing the Snyder Cut. And uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. If If it does get released, I'll be one of the first people to watch it.
4: I feel like it would be different if the Snyder Cut already existed. But the fact that it would take so much to actually put it together into what one would call, like, a movie, that's, like the line you know like if it was already out there and it, they was just sitting on a shelf i would feel it was more likely to come out but it seems like i don't know if they want to put like time and money into
2: this
3: I, yeah it's one of the snyder things. would tell you that it is out there though no it's not i Act. think
4: jason momoa would tell you it is
2: yeah i mean I, I i think the i think the snyder cut exists i just think that and he's taken pictures of it i mean he's taking pictures of like you know the the actual like we saw like the film, and he's like, "Yeah, this this is it. This is it. this is the Snyder cut." But I think it exists. I just think that like they haven't added the special effects. That's going to take millions of dollars for them to to make this look like a like an actual movie that they would want to put out there,
4: right? And they're not going to release an unfinished Snyder cut.
2: Yeah. So uh, for
4: the sake of like releasing a movie, it, I don't. I would say it doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, I think. I think the, a cut does exist. They could make it. They could will it into the universe if they put the money into it. Like it could right. happen. Just and that's <laughs> the
3: effects at this point is, the, is what I'm led to yes, believe. Yes.
2: I'm led to believe that it just, you need to add the effects and that's what fans are pushing for. They want them to finish it and they want to see what the Snyder. I just think that you're setting, that's dangerous if they were yeah. actually to do it and the movie comes out and it's better than, and anything, any honestly, anything could be better than what, than <laughs> yeah, what we got.
3: Good shot of it being better. It's more than a coin flip
2: chance. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll see about this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Snyder Cut's not going away. Uh, Star Wars news. I got a Star Wars email here from uh, our buddy uh, Wayne. He's uh semi-dry chicken. On uh, semi tried chicken and on uh, Twitter. Is that his Twitter handle? I don't know. But Wayne, our buddy Wayne, he goes, Hey, guys, now that we have a, an idea of the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series time frame taking place eight years after the Revenge of the Sith, Revenge of the Sith, would you guys like to see some Force Ghost cameos throughout the show? Maybe Qui-Gon Jinn or a Mace, Windu, Mace Windu show up in an episode and give Obi-Wan some guidance. Uh, we see at the end of Episode 3... Yoda teases the training for uh, this ability for Obi-Wan to learn. Thoughts on this? Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. What do you think? You think we're seeing Liam Neeson or Samuel Jackson reprising their roles as those characters as Force Ghosts in an Obi-Wan Kenobi series?
3: Uh, I would say probably not. Um, I'd be fine with the gwy thing. Um, I don't really want to see the Mace Windu thing. I I still kind of hold to there's no way that fall killed him at episode three, and I wouldn't want a Force Ghost appearance to make that official canon and dissuade me from that. But I don't know. I'm not opposed to Force Ghost showing up here, but not really feeling it being one of those two most likely.
2: Yeah, if if it was down to one of those two, I'd say maybe Qui Gon Jinn, and that makes yeah. sense. That makes it. That was like his. You know that was like his uh, Jedi master. You know, so
3: I exactly, mean, it, it, it could happen. though. I, I, I mean, I feel like it's the chance is low. Ten percent chance for that kind of thing to happen, in my opinion.
2: We'll see. I mean, I we don't even I, God, we don't even know what the show's going to look like. You know, I no, don't. Yeah, no, not at all. So, um, got some news on the Mandalorian, and uh, these are quotes from Jon Favreau. He was speaking with THR Favreau. Confirms that Baby Yoda is mostly a puppet. Um, at the times when it's not though, they make sure that the CG creations obey the same physical laws a puppet would. So no Revenge of the Sith-esque wild jumping and flipping. Quote, he's mostly, he's mostly a puppet. When it's CG, we try to make him obey the same physical laws that he would if he were a puppet. I believe I think uh, a lot of times CG makes itself too obvious, where you don't create parameters creatively that allow the character to keep the same identity and charm. So basically, they're treating when we see Baby Yoda um, when he's not a fucking puppet and he's a CG creation. They're still making him look and applying the same physical laws of a puppet when we see him move i like it
3: yeah i love it too that's half of baby yoda's charm in my opinion is how much it does not look just like cg creation you know it really does have that appearance of a physical creature that's there on set with them and i think that really comes across and why it's become so popular
2: yeah uh, the character remains mysterious, deliberately, so says Favreau, who confirms we'll learn more about him over the course of the season. Quote, I think what's great about what George created is that Yoda proper, the character that we grew up watching, was always shrouded in mystery. And that was what made him so archetypal and so mythic. We know who he is based on his behavior and what he stands for, but we don't know a lot of details about where he comes from or his species. I think that's why people are so curious about this little one of the same species. Favre also talks about how the franchise with the Skywalker saga ending is moving toward TV titles in the near future, while the films will move into areas of the Star Wars universe previously not seen two of the upcoming series the Cassian Andor show and the Obi-Wan Kenobi show both see film characters making the jump to small screen Favreau says it's highly likely the opposite will happen and original Disney Plus series characters appear in films quote there's definitely the opportunity to explore these characters beyond what we've presented on the show there's a very fluid line between what's in the movie theaters and what's on screen at home very exciting for me because I get to tell stories over the course of several hours and not just within the footprint of one theater going experience. I think it's only a matter of time before we cross paths the other way. So basically talking about some of these characters making the jump over into the uh, uh, in, into theaters. I'm still if they want to make a Mandalorian movie, I'm still all for it. <laughs> I'd be uh, their day one in the theater. Give the Mandalorian a two-hour movie with a huge one hundred and sixty million dollar budget. I'm there. I will watch it.
3: <laughs> no argument for me. I, I'm right there with you. I I would argue if I could.
4: Disney's I, all in on this. Marvel's yeah. doing it. Star Wars is doing it.
2: Yeah. I yeah. I, I I don't know. I I think I, I I think. What are we? Six episodes in? Five episodes in on the Mandalorian? Five six episodes. No, no, five, I think. Yeah, I think I think after five episodes, I think the characters earned his own movie at this point. I think I, I, you know, I, I can't imagine people not showing up for this either. No, I can't disagree.
4: It's a filler
2: movie. <laughs> well, hear it. We'll hear it. Um, a new, <laughs> a new rumor. Uh, this comes from Dark Horizons. A new uh, rumor has popped up indicating that a secret Star Wars series, one centered around the comic character of Dr. Afra, is not only on the way, but may have already begun filming ahead of a potential debut by late 2020 or early 2021. Reliable Scooper and Making Star Wars writer Jason Ward spoke with Inverse and says a new Star Wars show is starting up about now that nobody even knows about. I'm hearing it's a Lucasfilm Marvel venture with both companies teaming up to bring a star Wars show to the small screen. Ward goes on a little to, uh, word goes on to say it's about Dr. Afra, who debuted in Marvel star Wars comic books back in 2015 and eventually got their own spinoff title. The character is an archeologist who is selected by Darth Vader to work for him. A scrappy, selfish anti-hero, she is able to work with both the Imperials and the Rebels and is described as a dark mirror of Indiana Jones. She's also one of the few out queer characters in Star Wars lore. Um, This goes with kind of like, didn't they say that there was going to be like, I don't know. Was it? No, maybe it was Feige talking about fucking Marvel, that there was going to be an out character.
3: I thought, I thought that was going to happen
2: in I want um, both. Star Wars, too. Yeah, I thought it was, too. I mean, they've done it. I mean, they, they, they've teased it in Star Wars with Laura Dern's character of Holdo. But, like, she didn't come out and basically say anything. And it didn't make sense in the story for her, too, to just, like, come out and say, yeah, I'm gay. Like, that doesn't make, you know what I mean? It didn't make sense in that movie. Yeah,
3: Follow my orders, <laughs> Poe. Because I'm gay. Right. Like,
2: like, why? Like, that's one thing that's, I always thought Marvel Comics did it so well when they introduced gay characters into Marvel. I thought they did it, except for the, I, maybe the Iceman stuff didn't always work, but like, I think that they did it really well, like, with the X-Men stuff. What was it?
3: Oh, yeah. There's so much more time there to just, like, mull around with just character exploration in, in the comic book format, yeah. you know?
2: Yeah. Well, I, I'm saying, like, Marvel did it well, but on the flip side, like, DC in the new 52, when they introduced the, the green lantern that was homosexual, like that, that fucking dude, that story was terrible. Like that, that, that issue, like, it was just like, they were just basically saying, yeah, we got a gay character here. There was no, there was like, there was nothing. It was basically just like, we've got our gay character now. If you read that story, it was just like there was nothing it was, like as far as like Marvel's concerned, like they do it in a way that I felt like was like respectful um what was like what was the wedding between the x men characters? who was it Kyle uh, and north Star North Star and Kyle was it North Star and Kyle? Yeah, 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 and like I thought that that was well done, but like the the fucking the the Green Lantern stuff was just like i'm greenland I'm green Lantern. and it was Earth two Green Lantern, I think. I'm Earth 2 Green Lantern, and I'm
3: gay. (laughs) I don't have any experience with the the DC handling of it, but I do agree with you that the stuff that they did in X-Men and even stuff from 20-plus years ago now with the Alpha Flight stuff has always been done pretty well in Marvel Comics.
2: I agree with you, Melissa. It's great that they're doing it, but they got to do it in in the right way. Mm -hmm. Because, honestly, it's like just because – And
4: on screen
2: and on screen but they gotta have
4: your care don't come out later and say like oh remember that character who did nothing gay on screen they were gay
2: but just like but you just don't do (laughs) you just don't do stuff that's gay just to just a rowling you just don't do stuff you don't do stuff that's like homosexual just to just to be like oh we've got our homosexual character now No
4: reason that's what
2: that's what dc was doing that's what DC was doing with the Green Lantern stuff in the New 52. And that's my personal opinion if you want to read. I think it was like, if you go back and read, like, I think it was, uh, the, the first Earth 2 book from DC Comics. And like, you, the handling, and it wasn't like terrible, but it was just like, if you read it, you're just like, okay, they are just wanting you to know that this Green Lantern's gay. I get it. There's, it's not tactful mm-hmm. at all. Like, like, that's the only and like, that's the only thing that makes up this person. Like, if you were to introduce this, like, here's my friend. And then just be like, oh, he's gay. Like, if that's the if that's your that's you know what I mean? That's them introducing this character to you. Like, there was no other fucking facets of this character's life that they're introducing
4: to you. It should be just like. Not a thing. Like, it's not like characters are introduced. Hi, here's this character. They're straight. Well, my like, he- just my just header, like you yeah. Find out about a character's like romantic interest when they become interested in them. That's the same way it should work for gay and queer characters.
2: My heterosexuality shouldn't define me as a person. You know, I mean, there's a lot yeah, more yeah. to me. And
4: it never does in these stories, you know? So
2: I just feel like sometimes it was just like, for me it, when i read that new 52 story it was like we're going to sell some books we're going to make some headlines because we've got a gay green lantern and it was kind of shitty in a way yeah so i don't want to no, see i, I don't want to see star wars go down that road where it's just like yeah we're gonna introduce we're we're just introducing this character for headlines like I want I want it to be done in a just an organic way to like this character like we get to know this character and it's not like just like you know they're just shoving the fact that this character is homosexual in our faces just so they can fucking grab some headlines like I want to see I want to see <laughs> I want to see them do this in a tactful and tasteful way yeah for yeah, sure. yeah it makes you. sense yeah i don't know let's see here um yeah the uh, dr afro series so i i wonder if this is is this true i wonder if this is true like this is i mean i haven't heard that they're already filming they're already working on this one and it's like i haven't heard you know i haven't heard anything about this fucking casting. it's and wild to
4: get like no casting news yeah. right
2: that and yeah and then like we've been hearing about the Cassie and Andor series and like they're saying like that's not going to start filming until June of next year so I don't know yeah no casting news no nothing Yeah, it's crazy
3: yeah it's interesting I, I wouldn't be it's not something that immediately thrills me on paper but I wouldn't be surprised if this turned out to be true yeah I think Um, you know we know that there's a slew of Marvel series coming to Disney plus and we know the movies are probably going to be taking a little bit of a break, so I kind of expect a slew of Star Wars series to be coming to Disney Plus to kind of keep the franchise alive during that time. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if this was true.
2: I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know anything about Dr. Afra because I fucking don't know anything. I, I jumped on the Star Wars comic books bandwagon very early and then kind of got off of it shortly after. So. Yeah,
3: I did about six months of it myself and then was did da done.
2: Uh, the, this next story is this, is... this next story is bizarre. Jake, I don't know if you heard about this. Melissa, I know I sent you the story. I don't know if you read it or not, but it comes from JediTempleArchives.com. The following story... This is what they say. The following story is not fake news. Burger King Germany has a really weird star wars promotion going on which apparently is not supported by disney you can get a free whopper if you are willing to open the german burger king app click a button to get a spoiler for the rise of skywalker and then read it out loud Actually, the app has Hilarious. voice, the voice has, the app has voice recognition and will give you a coupon if you read it out loud at home. So you don't really have to read it out loud to a Burger King employee behind the counter as the video suggests. Yes, there's a German video of people inside of a, of a Burger King reading Uh, the rise of Skywalker spoilers. Burger King Germany even has a video on their official YouTube channel that explains it all. However, the restaurant you see with the extremely spoilery menu names was specifically made to look like that for the video. So it's only that one restaurant that had the spoilery, uh, menu names. Even the food has spoilers. The fries, the straws, the packaging, the shirts worn by the employees. All the normal Burger King restaurants still look the same, however, and it's apparent that Burger King got all their leaks from Jedi Paxis on Reddit. so yeah, these jet Jake we i mean i mind I mind the jedi paxis reddit leaks when we did our uh you know rise of Skywalker spoiler episode, but apparently they there is and this is not like. This is not something that Disney was working with or Lucasfilm was working with Burger King on, but it oh, looks Of course not. Yeah. It looks like an official fucking It looks like Burger King Germany is like cashing in on the fucking the hype for, you know, this final film. It is fucking weird. It's fucking weird. She like went broke. It's super fucking weird. Like this I Melissa, did you see the video? Did you watch it? I can't understand German, but did you watch any of the video?
4: No, I didn't watch the video, but I read the article, and it has, like, some pictures of the way that they've, like, set up their, like, Star Wars spoilers McDonald's location.
2: Oh, is it, no, it's a Burger King. Let's not confuse it. It was Burger oh, King. Oh, yeah, my bad,
4: my bad. Burger King. <laughs>
2: whoppers, whoppers, whoppers. No, man, it's crazy, though. I watched the video. I can't understand Jerbit, but I was just like, oh, my God, these people are just – they're in this Burger King. They're reading Star Wars spoilers, and it's like – I'm hearing that it's all the Paxus stuff.
3: That's awesome. I would do it. I would for sure go get a fruit Whopper right now if that was going on.
2: (laughs) Have you got, have you tried, have you either of you tried the impossible Whopper,
3: the fucking meatless one? Yeah, I have not either. I've seen the advertisements though.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. i did you see did you see the south park episode melissa did you see the south park episode with the impossible whopper (laughs) no it's so good you people are missing out with the south park oh god this season's been great they had a they had a baby yoda episode oh my god it was so funny it was so funny (laughs) damn that was quick they're on top of it. yeah
4: do they still make that show like literally every week yeah that's great
2: yeah yeah you ever seen that? that
3: after you again melissa
2: I see, know. What was that documentary? Did you see that documentary on, like, the South Park where they would make, they would show you, like, how they made that show in, like, less than a week?
4: I haven't seen it, but I've, like, heard about it. Oh, it's
2: really good. I need to find that, that somewhere. Yeah. Oh, South Park's been so good this season. Oh, the last episode was incredible. Loving so- oh, another show. Yeah, they, uh, they, they, it's a, that's a fucking weird campaign, isn't it?
3: Yeah, that's super bizarre. I like it, though. (laughs) Oh,
2: man. Yeah, that's all the news I got this week. Oh, my God. The next week is the season finale for For All Mankind. Have you been watching that one, Melissa?
4: I watched the first episode, but get- that started when I just had my surgery, yeah. and I was having a really hard time staying awake for it while on painkillers, so I need to get back to it with all of my facilities.
2: <laughs> it is so good. I just finished the ninth episode, came out yesterday, and so the, the next week is the season finale. Get back on it. Get, it is so incredible. It is so fucking incredible. Oh, my God. And then I'm still watching Servant on Apple TV. And then uh, I watched the fourth episode of Truth Be Told. Apple TV, great programming, really good programming. I'm really impressed with it so far.
4: Yep. I'm an episode behind on Servant, but I love that one. And then I've got Truth Be Told will be the next one that I check out for sure.
2: (gasps) Oh, my God. Servant episode five, fucked up. I'm ready. Oh, I'll, my I God. I might
4: watch that tonight, actually. <laughs>
2: Are you watching Truth Be Told? Did you say that?
4: I haven't started it yet, but it'll be like the next thing that I start.
2: I would watch that one. What's coming out? What's coming out? Next week, Next, uh, of course, we're going to be talking about uh, Star Wars, uh, you know, the uh, the Rise of Skywalker. But uh, The Witcher comes out. And then, uh, yeah, The Witcher comes oh,
1: shit. out.
3: shit. Yeah, The Witcher, Bombshell, Cats.
2: Trying to think here. Cats. Now, oh, fuck cats. I I'll finally
4: have access shit. to uncut gems next week. I thought it was going to be this week, and I hyped myself all up to see it.
2: I was oh, very God.
4: disappointed that it didn't wide release.
2: It didn't wide release. Um, I, I was looking for it. Um, nowhere even close to me. I'm not going to be able to see it until uh, uh Christmas Eve. Yeah.
4: I think we get it. I. I, I want to say on the 22nd, which is weird because that's not a Thursday, but I don't
2: know. Oh, um, The Aeronauts is coming out on Amazon Prime. That was a theatrical release. They had it at a few mm-hmm. theaters around here. That's the Felicity Jones and what's that weird f- – Eddie Redmayne. Eddie yep. Redmayne and Fel- – I'm going to watch that. I hope it's good. And then celeb- Celebrating Stan Lee, that's going to be coming out shortly, that uh, Stan Lee – kind of like uh we love you stan we miss you that kind of it's coming out (laughs) it's coming it's coming out on abc jake we love you we miss you Uh, yeah
3: that should be good hopefully that's tastefully done
2: and then that willem defoe hopefully it's more tastefully done than our dennis frina send off (laughs)
3: yeah
2: or or a discussion about alex trebek alex trebek yeah while he's down um and then Togo. To- is it Togo? The Willem Dafoe thing? You know, with the dog. That dog movie.
4: Oh. is <laughs> that going to be sad?
2: You know what? You know what? It probably. It, you know what movie is like really distracting when I watch the trailer is the Harrison Ford Call of the Wild trailer. That, <laughs> the, the CG dog. Oh, yeah. It, Not it, buying it. Oh, my! it's so CG like the movie looks fancy. no baby Yoda movie looks fun the movie not f- I don't know yeah movie looks good the movie looks good but it's it's just like you can totally tell it's a CG dog and it's like how how am I yeah like how am I gonna fall in love with a CG dog in a live action setting it just looks so CG it doesn't look like a real dog but then
3: I guess I believe a man can fall in love with a CG dog
2: <laughs> I suppose I don't know you see the I'm gonna see this. The uh, call of the wild. Harrison Ford and the dog takes on that bear. Oh man,
3: yeah, it's so- a good trailer. I, it looks good.
2: Something about dogs taking on bears, protecting men taking on bears. That's one of my
3: all-time favorite genres. Oh
2: man, I fucking, dude, I, it's, it's something cool about that, though. You know what was it? That Swiss Family Robinson, where the fucking, where the fucking, uh, they had those big old. Fucking Great Danes and those Great Danes were going up against that fucking tiger. That shit looked real as shit, dude. You ever
3: watch that? Man, I'm not. I'm not digging what you're putting down. Here,
2: Nineteen. Sorry. Hold on. You're, uh, you're not digging what I'm putting down. You're, I haven't.
3: I haven't seen it. I don't know.
2: You have never seen Swiss Family Robinson from like the '60s? I,
3: I think I. Have. It's a fucking Disney movie. Detail.
2: It's a fucking they remember they have that race and like they're riding the peacocks and shit and then the pirates come on the island they got to okay. ba- they got to
3: battle the pirates. <laughs> that that I do remember.
2: But then the, the I, and all that. I feel like there was a scene in that movie and it looked too real to me with this fucking like I think those great danes were fucking it looked like those great danes were fighting that tiger. There's something about there's something about man's best friend fucking taking on big animals that I don't know. I don't know. It's just... Uh, <laughs> 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 because, I don't know. It's it's, it's 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 like, you know, these dogs, they love us, you know, and we just... Oh, it's just, I think it's it's awesome that they're trying to protect us, man. I think that's fucking cool. I love it when you hear fucking heroic,
3: heroic... Especially when they're clearly outmatched by the bear.
2: Clearly outmatched by the bear. But, like, you even hear, like... Dude, you hear, like, fucking stories of, like... You know, like pets, like, alerting their masters in the middle of the night that there's a fire and shit and saving, like, the whole family's life and shit. It's like, man, those are amazing. Animals are fu- animals are a goddamn gift, Jake.
3: Oh, yeah, no argument for me. Unless,
2: unless you're Steve Irwin, you get stabbed by a stingray. <laughs> and then,
3: and then, yeah, there are some examples. There, there are well. some
2: examples, yeah. Yeah, where animals aren't a gift. Yeah, you, you know, shark victims.
3: Truly, right? You, you hear about all those young kids getting eaten by alligators in Florida yeah. and stuff.
2: Yeah, but then you've got like this amazing, uplifting story about like how many how many girl surfers have been eaten or had like their legs eaten by alligators or uh, sharks?
4: <laughs> Definitely that one.
2: There's that one, but more feel, than one. I feel like there's more than one. I feel like they all get a movie at the end of the day.
3: The one huh. was on Amazing Race.
2: The one was on. Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's been 17 female surfers that have had their legs bitten off by sharks, and all of them have gotten a movie deal. Had their stories made into a movie?
3: They would. That would make an amazing bobsled team. That would be very inspirational.
2: Ah, oh, okay.
3: Five shark attack women in a bobsled team. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Not buying, no green light.
2: I don't know, man. I'm still th- the. J- I don't know. It's like I'm still thinking. Like the most amazing story is the Jamaican bobsled team, the fucking John Candy movie oh,
3: this top side. Okay, I hate this episode. <laughs> yeah, not one, not one of the best. No. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you also, oh, love- man. I heard the sincerity in her voice. Yeah. That gag.
2: Yeah. She- <laughs> She also liked Black Christmas, guys. I'm telling you, it's garbage. It's a terrible movie. So, <laughs> it's fine, Melissa. It's fine. Everybody has a right to their own opinion. I'm fucking with you. I don't care. I don't care if you liked it. Jesus, it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, shit. Oh, Lost in Space comes out on, uh, Lost in Space Season 2 comes out on, uh, Christmas Eve. Looking forward to that one, too. Uncut Gems, Kevin Garnett, Adam Sandler. I can't wait for that fucking movie. It's
3: been, been getting lots of so. good, good press.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: <sighs> I want to see that. <laughs> I'm so mad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can't wait to see that one, either. I'll see Bombshell. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a lot of movies. All right. That's it. I think we're done. Okay. It's
3: exciting. Next time we'll be doing Pop Culture Leftovers. It'll be some Star Wars goodness. It'll be Star Wars. Melissa,
2: is there anything that you want to plug? Anything you're doing that you want to plug before we uh, bounce out of here?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm doing something new since the last time I've been on the show, which is a Mad Men recap podcast. Um, we're starting at season one. I've never seen it. So my other two co-hosts have seen it and we discuss each episode and it's been pretty fun. Um yes yeah, so- I'm doing that. The show's called Still Great Bob. Um, And then, you know, I'm always doing my other show, Wild Pretty Things. We, you know, talk about TV and movies, stuff we all
2: like. Plug the name of that uh, Mad Men podcast one more time.
4: Yeah, it's called Still Great Bob.
2: Still Great Bob. Is that the whole title of the fucking podcast? Yep. Oh, that's a huge missed opportunity there.
4: (laughs) What should it have
2: been? Still Great Bob colon a madmen podcast
4: well i mean we could probably change it
2: you need to change it because like your search engine so it opti- says
4: mad Men in the title.
2: yes your search engine optimization is just all shit right now okay No, sure. nobody's good you're lost in the sea of madmen podcasts
4: right well first off because- you're
2: fucking like five years too late the show ended like years ago that's another thing <laughs> that's a whole other that's a whole other thing melissa but then, Listen. then not putting Mad Men in the actual title of the podcast, just a huge missed opportunity.
4: Well, I'm going to work on my time machine and work on retitling the podcast, and we'll see
2: which one comes to fruition first. Oh, uh, I, I don't need your smart ass comments right <laughs> now. <laughs>
4: I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> we should have "Mad Men" in the title, and
2: I really will be changing. <laughs> Everybody, if you're doing a recap show on a, if you're doing a recap show about a show, and you got these cute little fucking titles, I get it. Yeah, it's cute, but have the name of the show in the title. Otherwise, your search engine optimization is garbage. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Melissa I'm sorry I'm just I. oh man Has, don't that, be
4: sorry it's good advice hashtag
2: the more you know that fucking star you know what I mean it's doing that thing that, that fucking star that, the, let's get out of here fuck <laughs> everybody we'll see you next week for the Rise of Skywalker
3: later everybody bye
2: They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
3: It's, it's a trap.
1: Do toss it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, hate it, it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware parties, subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. push over, pop culture leftovers. uncool kids, what to say already been said. Let's go, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. That'll rich all good. They've all right, they're done. For us, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft. The crap, even though we're the shaft. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. And, and, and it's a trap. Good at it tossing, it, good at tasting. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Race it, it left and break the tuck of wear part. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture push over. Pop culture. Leftovers cool kids what's to say has already been said left over pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop We love it. Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture. push over Pop culture. Leftovers. uncool kids. What's to says already been said. Let's go. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture.
2: Leftovers.